big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Good. What do you got for us this morning? Fantastic. So we have the gift that keeps on giving. Um, former Deputy Premier and Minister um, Christopher Saunders has uh, him and his crew have leaked some some emails between him and the governor to the Compass and maybe other media. Never sent it to us, but anyway, um, apparently claiming that the governor is racist. The governor. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> so we're going to unpack some of that this morning, but basically. What did the, what did the um, email say? Um, it's just him accusing the governor of being racist, pretty much. Oh. Yeah. A lot of it. So I don't think Mr. Roper is. No. Yeah. It sounds a little bit crazy, but we'll, we'll certainly unpack it. Mm-hmm. Um, the prospect School, congratulations to the young folks there. They dethroned Red Bay Primary to win the 2023 Inter-Primary Sports Championship. Yeah. All right. Congratulations. Yes, they performed very, very well at the championships for last week. And uh, they were running and jumping and, you know, exercising their little primary school hearts out. Well done. Well done. I know. Super cute. Um, Health City has introduced a leadless pacemaker for heart patients. So this is good technology, medical technology advancing. Mm-hmm. So if you're lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if um, you need I'll, some, I'll, I'll if you're someone who, yeah, so um, that's good. Yes. <laughs> now it's lead. Lead, yes. Oh. No, but yeah. before it was lead. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, sometimes the technology is a give and take. What doesn't mm-hmm. kill you? Will help keep you alive. That yeah, is but, real. Um, you ever used to fill it with leaded gas? Yes. I don't know. I remember no. leaded gas at the gas station. I don't, I don't remember that necessarily, but it's probably there. That's oh, what. That's um, why it's. Uh, it doesn't even phase you when you go unleaded because it's like mm. people don't even know there used to be leaded gas. I mean, I'm not drinking it, but what's anyways? That's a whole that's other bad for the environment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so big shout out to Health City. Um, did you hear about these two Virginia inmates who escaped from jail? Yeah, yep. we did that story yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. The IHOP story. Yeah. Just a quick regional one. Former mayor of Haiti has been found, of a small town in Haiti, has been found, uh, he's been arrested for visa fraud a day after he was ordered by a U.S. federal court to pay $15.5 million in damages after he was found guilty for torture, extrajudicial killings, attempted killing, and arson. Oh, lovely. Yeah, those are new. Sounds, like a, sounds yeah. like a great human being. A great man. <laughs> those are your news headlines this morning. Wow. Very cool. All right. Catch Sandy right day, now guys. on Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Our segment with CMR brought to you by Jay Michael. It's time. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs.
Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. Come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold hard truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live, direct, it's the cold hard truth Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626. Good morning and happy Friday. My goodness, what a week. Um, We are going to be digging deep, deep and deep and deep. Boy, this is a rabbit hole. I told y'all on uh, what day was that? Wednesday, that this is a rabbit hole that um, just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving some more. So you know what? We got time, honey chair. We're going to keep digging and digging and digging and digging some more on behalf of um, the people of the Cayman Islands. Why not? You guys want to know, and we certainly want to know what's going on in this country as well. This is our country, our little our little rock folks. And so um, this morning, we're going to dig deep uh, some more into the Chris Saunders saga. It's a, um, what, what can we call this? A son scandalous or something. We got to come up with a name that's appropriate for this situation because, boy, I tell you, it just keeps getting more and more interesting by the minute. Before we get there, however, um, let's talk about the traffic situation yesterday that had me fuming, had many of you fuming, and wondering what on earth is this? Like, seriously? No, sir. It stresses even more why we need an alternative route. One road with so many people um, having to rely on that one road, thousands upon thousands of people, it is simply a disaster waiting to happen. Yesterday was a minor inconvenience, I suppose. I don't consider that a disaster. But it just reminds us that if something major actually happened and we lost access to the primary Um, artery to and from the Eastern districts, what are we going to do? Seriously. Thank God. um, You know, I had my car full of gas. Um, I (laughs) always try to remind my people that that's normally a very good idea. Stay gassed up because the day you find yourself in a track at gridlock, like what we had yesterday and uh, you have no gas 
Mm, what a mess you're going to be in. That's all I can tell you. Real hot mess at that. So I'm getting uh, photos this morning. People are still sending me <clears throat> uh, photos of the morning situation. Um, I can't believe that this is this morning, though. Is this this morning? My gosh. Um, this must have been yesterday. That, that could never be that they're still out there this morning blocking the road. So this person says, I want to call in this morning, please. Sickening. They have the road blocked in morning traffic, both directions, so Cox can pick up the wood. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This morning, it's blocked? So it's not enough that we were tortured yesterday? Um, then they're going to turn around this morning and still talk about picking up wood? Well, I know one thing. Police blocking the road. They use an expletive in there. I got to watch my language, honey, chill. Let's say darn. The darn road. Uh, kill us last night and then insult us this morning. Police sickening. And Cox should be fined a hefty fine for the disturbance. We're all punished for their negligence. And you know, the crazy thing is, um, I'm, a, I'm a bit shocked and surprised. Just yesterday, somebody else had sent earlier in the day video footage of another truck with debris flying off the truck. And they're like, why don't these people secure their load properly. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of a situation waiting to happen, right? And lo and behold, I don't even know why we thought it because by a couple hours after that, um, we could see that the roadway, there was an accident. People were sending me photos. Basically this loader truck, which looks like it was carrying somebody's roof, Lost the entire roof. <laughs> Lost all the wood. It just it just dropped. Like seriously. Dropped in the road. And of course, given the time of day that this happened, that meant that uh, all of us would be inconvenienced. Right? By traffic now being delayed by hours. And I have to tell you, you know, it's really um, disheartening. It takes a mental toll on you when you have to deal with that type of thing every single day. If you got children in the car, depending on the age of the children, oh, I'm so glad that my daughter is not as young as she used to be, honey, jail. Because babies, there's only so much of sitting in a car seat that they can take. They get sick and tired of it. They start to moan and groan and cry and, you know, um, have you ever had a baby? You know, I saw mom yesterday, the Easterly Tibbetts Highway traffic. Um, a mom had pulled over in her Tesla for her and she was taking the baby out of the car and walking around. Um, I don't know if she had to do a diaper change because listen, babies, they don't, they can't wait. You know, if they're, if they're hungry, if they got to eat, if they've got, um, you know, uh, a, um, diaper incident, an explosion in their little diapers, whatever it is, they can't wait. Heaven forbid. Oh my gosh. Have you ever had a baby start choking when you're driving? And then, oh my God, that happened to me once, but thankfully 
Um, it was the most bizarre situation because I'd given someone a ride, which I don't normally do. Um, but this was actually a lady who worked at the daycare center and she asked for a ride. And I said, sure, no problem. Um, she used to live kind of in the, the Eastern districts. And so sometimes she'd ask us for a ride if she was ready to leave when we were leaving. Gianna started choking in the back of the car. And thank God she was there because I wouldn't have necessarily noticed. It was like a silent choke. And she quickly attended to her and got her out of the um, car seat and had to tap her in the back to you know, help release the airway. There's so many frustrations sitting in this type of traffic. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning. How are you? Oh, listen, I dealt with it. I don't have to deal with it, thankfully, most mornings. But I dealt with it yesterday evening, and it was horrible. But I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I just don't. I don't understand the the ideology or or the methodology or the anything that RCIPS does or mm -hmm. is doing. Mm -hmm. We have backed up our lives to get up at four thirty in the morning. Oh my god! To sit in an hour and a half to two hours worth of traffic just to get to town. Mm -hmm. And you know, nor, I'm I'm pretty vocal mm -hmm. on my Facebook page about the problems we're having in Bondentown. Mm -hmm. And when the police do decide they want to make an appearance, they're in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. And then at ten min, and then at ten minutes to seven, because of that seven a.m. shift change, they disappear in the height of it all. Mm -hmm. And then this morning, they have the audacity to fly down for the, to clear the road for themselves with sirens as though there's an emergency mm. so they can hurry up and block traffic so cops can move wood. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm confused. Why didn't they try to move it overnight? Well, I think everybody's, I think the whole country that lives in the East, there are thousands of us that live in the East mm -hmm. asking the same damn question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me at 6.30 in the morning, you can shut the road down because people were negligent in securing their their supplies and mm -hmm. everybody that sat for anywhere from one hour to three hours depending on when you joined traffic last night three hours to get home sandra yeah that's stupid it's crazy that's stupid and the police not doing a dang thing about it to try and help anybody mm -hmm. our youth our youth are are are, are recognizing just when they had youth parliamentarians in there and they said, life is now five to nine, they're mm -hmm. on spot. Mm -hmm. My children have pillows and blankets in the car now because the only option for them, mm -hmm. get out the door by 545, sleep when you get in the car and hope that we make it to, to school on time. Oh my it's, gosh. It's, what kind of lifestyle is that? Yeah, it's, it's not. And then... It's, 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 it's constant. Yeah. It's constant. Why does the community have to tell RCIPS, hey, if you shut this road down, why don't you just do a test trial? Mm -hmm. Shut certain roads down in the morning. And I know we can all pinpoint them. Bottom down bypass, northward, prospect point. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to be able to pinpoint certain locations to shut it down. Do a test trial. I guarantee you everybody moving in the same damn direction. The traffic mm -hmm. is going to flow. You don't, I don't even think people realize what's causing the backup in the East. All these people have found this little road behind Burger King in Red Bay. Mm -hmm. And they're cutting through the Hurley's parking lot to get to the Hurley's roundabout. Now, everybody from the East has to stop because obviously those that understand how a roundabout works, mm 
Mm -hmm. um, people coming from the right have the right of way. So now mm -hmm. all the traffic has to stop, force those people to go to the Red Bay roundabout and come down. But every morning we are suffering and RCIPS has got nothing but excuses. Mm. This is nonsense. Somebody needs to be held accountable. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, government mm -hmm. should be doing some more about it. Yeah. But RCIPS should be trying to come out the hero to say, OK, we're going to we're going to put people here or we're going to close these roads down or whatever. But you're going to insult us after all that last night. And you're going to purposely block the road this morning. I don't even understand. No, I, I thought it was no a joke. Sir. When I started no, seeing sir. messages this morning um, about the road, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way. There is no way that they have no, blocked sir. the road this morning. I'm like, why? Oh, they can't gosh. block the road to help the flow of traffic, but they can block the road. Ugh. So wood that's been sitting there all night yeah we moved at 6 30 this morning seriously no and cox you need to do better mm -hmm. you owe the entire country an apology for crippling us last night mm -hmm. and this morning yeah shame on them yeah anyway thank it's you so Carla. early but um yeah it's frustrating you have a wonderful day <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate it all right love all thank right my you dear. so much for listening not right, a problem cheers. No, okay. listen, I understand the frustration. I understand the desire um, to even want to talk to somebody about it because yesterday I was literally falling asleep. I was yawning so much and falling asleep. And I was like, oh my God, don't let me fall asleep in this car. I'm driving. Like I just mentally wasn't prepared to sit in that kind of traffic. And you know, the crazy thing is, is I was on West Bay Road and I said to myself, let me hurry up and leave where I was. A uh, girlfriend and I went for a little lunch dinner. And I said, a little lunch dinner, a little lunch. And I was thinking to myself, let me hurry up and get out of West Bay area so I can get home. You know, I've realized that Pros that um, Crew Road, a lot of times, as it gets closer to that five o'clock hour, is actually better than the bypass. So lately, I shouldn't tell you all this because now y'all got to start taking Crew Road. But <laughs> I've noticed that Crew Road has been better. So Crew Road was smooth sailing. And then as I was on my way, I remember when I went to pick up Gigi for school, um, you know, I was saying to her, well, let's hurry up and go. And she's like, oh, can I have a little five minutes more to play? And I was like, oh, gosh. I'm like, no, let's get going. I have a feeling about traffic today. You know, but you want to give your kids the opportunity, like after school, they want to run around with their friends. They want to play a little bit. So we spent another few minutes playing. And my God, I started to get these messages about this load of plywood. Did you guys see the pictures that dropped on the main um, artery? And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, this happened right in Savannah, close to Lower Valley. I guess more technically that's Lower Valley. But I was like, this is not going to be good. Somebody do something quick. And so as I got into traffic and it stopped before I even got to Barcam Esso, can you believe it? I was like, Jesus, please take the wheel. Take the wheel, the bus, the car, everything. I simply could not believe that um, we were that we were going to be stuck in this um, for God knows how long. I was so thankful that Gianna wasn't complaining that she was hungry because most days after school, 
She's like, I'm hungry. But she still had some leftover snacks. So she was digging into the snacks and I had a little bit of water in the car. It's like, you've got to be prepared. An island this size. And I feel like I have to be more prepared than if I were going for a trip, a two hour trip in Miami. Because you know, when you travel on the interstate, you, you stock up, you got your food, you got your water, you got stuff to occupy the kids if you've got kids. So now you just know to keep everything in the car, you know, iPads, phones, drawing pads, whatever, to try to keep everybody on point and engaged because you just do not know what you're going to buck up on. By the way, we're going to be playing a Cayman Voices segment this morning. You guys are going to be tickled pink by this one, I do believe. And happy Culture Day. Um, the government uh, culture department is hosting the um, Culture Day again. So they're going to have some activities over there. We'll try to pop by after the show and see what's going on. So um, I was shocked when people were messaging me this morning to say, Sandy, you've got to be kidding me. We're stuck in this traffic again. And I was like, what? Are you sure? Are you sure these are not pictures from yesterday and you're having a deja, deja vu moment? Because I get how stressful it was. Child, I ended up going live because number one, it would keep me awake. And number two, there's something to be said for sharing your um, misery with other people. <laughs> you know that saying, misery loves company? Well, it is true because I was miserable and I was like, I'm not going to sit here in my own misery. I want to talk to everybody. I need to share with you all. Oh, my gosh. I was miserable. And I'm like, yeah, I need to talk about it. <laughs> I need a therapy session right now. Let's go live, right? And you guys were there for it. So anyway, um, what a hot mess. Can, can we please, please, please find an alternate route out of this? You know, I see some people saying, no, um, stagger the work hours, do this, do that. And I want to be very, very clear about what my position is. There is no singular, we are 25 years behind, at least on traffic management. Okay. It has not, it has not kept up and you can't catch it up with the building of a singular road. Do not get me wrong. That's not what my pie in the sky idea is. What I acknowledge and I understand is it's going to be a 360 approach, multifaceted. There will be no silver bullet unless it's COVID again. We can go in complete lockdown and then traffic is beautiful. And only those of us who can get an exemption to be on the road will be able to travel. So honestly, it has to be a multifaceted approach. And there's no solution that can be implemented in a week. Every single solution, whether it is, um, you know, what, what do you call these things now? Whether it's uh, restricting vehicles, you can't say we're going to now put a policy in place to restrict incoming vehicles and think that that's going to solve traffic. The cars are already here. And then what are you going to do about the cars that are here? Tell everybody to park their cars or send all these cars to the dump? You can't undo any of that. Okay, staggered work hours. You can certainly encourage businesses to do it. And a lot of businesses are going to still tell you that they need this, this 8.30 to 5 or 5.30 situation. A lot of these offices, some of them are still allowing workers to work, even if it's just a couple of times a week, remotely and from home. It's going to take more than any one solution. But we need an alternate route 
for general traffic management, for safety as well, because let me be very, very clear, folks. We have a major, and that wasn't major what y'all saw yesterday. We have a major incident that blocks the road completely, like, you know, collisions and deaths and whatever, and emergency vehicles can't even get through. Then y'all got to understand. You've got to have more than one route on this island. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Yeah, morning, Sunday. Um, you know, tra traffic, traffic is only caused by one thing and one thing only, drivers. But the people that are driving on the road don't know how to drive. Who are giving them the license? Because every single day, um, if you can count how many people that you see driving stupid, and I say stupid not to be insulting on anybody, but there's a lot of people on this island that do not know how to use our roads. Mm -hmm. And the main confusion is who comes first and who is to give way. There are a lot of people don't know how to use four-way stops. There are a lot of people don't know how to use roundabouts. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that don't know how to even intersect into bypasses. They'll stop in the middle of the highway just to try to get in the lane when they're already in the lane. I've seen shit, I've seen, I've seen stupid, stupid that people have done on this island and you're uh, and we're here still wondering why we have traffic. It's not about the amount of cars. It's about who is on who is behind the wheel. One person could be the the idiot to try to block somebody from having a clear path just so that they can be next in line. I've seen stuff like that. And I'm like, why are you going to block a person that is uh, completely, you know, you're not in the, in the right of way that could go and you could just give them the, the blight, but you're in traffic here now making everybody in traffic. I've seen that. Like I said, there's a lot of people that do not want to give way. They're just greedy to try to get where they want to go. They're in a rush, but they're delaying other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. They don't use their sense. A lot of people don't use their sense when they're driving. It's definitely frustrating for sure. Yeah, without, yeah, without and, then, and then these are the same people that are just going in. They're coming into the island and they're getting their license because they have their license elsewhere three years or whatever prior to come into this island. And they trust, and you mean to tell me, no, you're going to come from another jurisdiction and they have some people that are further from to the left-hand side mm -hmm. because they've never driven on the left-hand side. And they've never driven a left or right-hand side car, so they don't know which way to which way to pick. I've heard, I've never heard some idiocracy in my life because what what why would you want to put yourself in the, in a passenger seat? I mean, in a driver's seat if you cannot get used to the fundamentals of driving, putting your right foot on the gas and putting your right foot on the brake. You no, know, some people try to use their left foot for their brake. That's so stupid. I mean, there, 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 is a, there is a step on the left-hand side of the seat. I mean, in the driver's side, there is a step for your left hand, your left foot to be on so that it doesn't have nowhere interfering with the pedals unless you're a race car driver. Mm -mm. Yeah, so, I mean, I've just <sighs> heard some things. I've seen some things, and there's some ridiculous people on this island. I'm sorry to say it might offend a lot of people, but people don't know how to drive, and driving is not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have never driven a car and their first time getting a car on this island mm -hmm. the minute that they get a car they don't even know how to reverse or parallel park mm 
I know, I know. I've, I've seen, I've seen some of them. I, I've seen people. Um, listen to me. I've seen people. Now I know Cayman don't have the biggest parking spots in the world because some of these parking spots, I don't even know how planning approved them. But anyway, um, I have seen yeah. people in the smallest of cars, like a Honda Fit, like a tiny, tiny car, and they can't get in into a parking spot to save their life. One time, I was, I was I watching a woman in Elizabethan Square. Right, I, I was actually going to put my car in park and get out of the vehicle in order to go park her car for her because i like 10 times this woman was trying to get into this little spot holding up everybody in the parking yeah. lot and i was like no honey you 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 need help i said yeah, let, let, and, let, and let me so, jump behind the wheel and give you a hand here yeah and, it, and it's so and it's so frustrating to see to not just be biased to any nationality but majority of the nationalities that i've seen that having troubles maneuvering their vehicles their motor vehicles are Filipinos and Jamaicans. <laughs> a lot of them that I've seen that have this complication is Filipinos and Jamaicans. Mm. It's not just to be biased of one particular group, mm -hmm. but they, 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 I've seen this in my own two yeah. eyes. God could I, I mean, my witness. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people um, don't haven't had a whole lot of driving experience before coming here. And so, unfortunately, they might come here and need a car for work, or like nannies yeah. all of a sudden get access to a car, and, you know, yeah. You, takes... you have to literally go a whole entire year before you could even be approved, probably, and then you have to be spending a whole pile of money out of your pocket to get it done. Mm -hmm. And here is the same thing because when I had to go through the whole entire six weeks, I never wanted to go through the whole entire six weeks because I already knew how to drive, so I paid my little driver instructor to to get me my taxes done in time so i can go to get approved because i've already had my license in the united states all right Alejandra. Like, you know thank you very much yes i appreciate it thank you my dear so um somebody says to give alejandra kaboom um lots of comments let's filter through some of the comments this morning shanika says cox needs to give us a public apology why couldn't they use last night to pick up common sense? Not so common at all. I must say that I'm very, very surprised that this morning they were actually picking this stuff up because when I passed, when I finally passed last night, uh, right before seven o'clock, there was a single guy out there and it was, um, most of it was off to the side. And I thought, oh, he's going to finish picking it up tonight. I mean, if you're going to torture us, torture us once and get it over with. Why prolong the torture? Why do it this morning? To me, that makes zero sense. I'm very, very surprised. Here's the picture of real-time situation again um, this morning. Uh, Rena says, I was really hoping that they would have moved the rest of the material last night when there wasn't so much traffic on the road. Exactly. Hello, they could have moved this in the wee hours of the morning. Get, get a big traffic light for safety. Put up your cones. And move it. Why would Cox wait until morning traffic to go out there? And why would the RCIPS, more importantly, encourage this and work along with Cox? They both owe the people that came in Islands an apology this morning. I see somebody saying, call the police and see if they can give you some explanation. Who's head of traffic, um, by the way? Do we even know who's head of traffic at the RCIPS? I mean, who, who authorized this ridiculous decision? This is where we, you know, we hire the RCIPS to have common sense. 
and to think about certain things, but this certainly calls into question. Let's see if we can call them, honey. Let's see who's head of traffic. I don't even know who's head of traffic anymore. You know, I got their number. number you dialed is temporarily out of service. If you Temporarily out of service. Um, I bet you that's my phone though. El Ray, it's a call flow. <laughs> uh, hold on here now. Because I know the, the, the phone number of the RCIPS cannot be out of service this morning. Hold on. I got to ask Flo to check my number for me. Good morning, caller. Morning. How are you? Uh, you have your constitution handy? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, well, section 19.2 says that anybody who's aggrieved by the decision of a uh, public official has a right to write them and ask for written reasons for their decision. So if there's ever a time that you'd want to write and, why, and ask why such a dumb decision was made, mm -hmm. it's on this one. Mm -hmm. right. This is absolute madness. Yeah. But one more point on the on the on the traffic. Not only does the um, extension of the bypass need to happen but even if that is finished that doesn't really solve the problem because you need to fix bottleneck at hurley's at the same time mm -hmm. in order for it to make a difference yeah so i hope they're listening and they do something about it yeah I mean, let's Instead be very, very doing... clear. The NRA, we're going to have them on the program soon, actually. The NRA has um, a plan to address, you know, as much of what they can in terms of the actual road infrastructure, right? Uh, but like I said, none of that is going to be the singular solution. There will be a multifaceted way to approach this traffic situation. So, um, yeah, I mean... They... the bottleneck is the minimum that you can do. Well, they, Otherwise, the extension will—it'll just back up right there, at that choke point. Yeah, no, I—I th I think they have some some issues for that. They have some plans, I should say, for that area as well. All right, thank you very much, sir. All right. All Everton right. says, I think one of the biggest problems you guys will have by trying to widen the road to make more lane. What one of the biggest problems you guys will have is to widen the road to make more lanes. It's the buildings and houses are so close. Well, I must say that that isn't the concern here because this is raw land. Um, this is cutting through the heart of the island. So that isn't the concern. There's nothing really built in that area. And in fact, that's the argument that people are making who don't want it to go through as they're saying, oh, the only reason why this road expansion is being pushed is to actually open that area up so that um, you know, big developers can go in. That's the anti-argument for people who say don't build it, um, as well as environmental potential environmental concerns, right? So th there's no, there's nothing there yet. That's the good news, Everton. Um, there is, uh, you know, there, this is going to be the biggest and the most massive um, infrastructural development program that has ever been undertaken by the Cayman Islands government. And it's in different areas and there's different ways to alleviate. I mean, there's extension that goes past down by CUC area that would help with some of the West Bay traffic because although West Bay traffic has 
the Esther Lee Tibbetts, which to be quite honest, has been a godsend to people in West Bay, you're now starting to see, even with that, traffic backing up on the Esther Lee Tibbetts um, early in the afternoon. I see it. By 3.30, you start to have a line of traffic coming into town. And I don't know where those people are going. I don't know if that's people trying to get home early in the Eastern districts, or if that's just people trying to get to town, but you already see that um, different times of the day, there is, you know, sort of this backup of traffic that is crazy, even on West Bay Road. Mo says 98% of the people here don't know how to drive. Jeez, some peace. It can't be 98%, Mo. <laughs> I mean, I think it's bad, but I don't think it's that bad. Fancy cars, but no drivers, he says. Good morning, caller. Morning. Um, even in the mornings, you notice it, it backs up from like Caymana Bay to like the next roundabout up in the morning when you're coming down now from West Bay as well. And God forbid something happens, an accident on, on West Bay Road or something, because anytime, like when they, even when they had that little section blocked um, mm -hmm. close to the public beach for that new development, mm -hmm. even that, just that little section being blocked created a bunch of traffic in West Bay. So yes, the, the bypass is great when, when nothing else is happening. <laughs> Ah, oh boy. I tell you, it's crazy. Thank you, caller. Thank you. So uh, it's frustrating. Um, I guess the only solace to any of this is that I've got you and you've got me. What else do you have to do? <laughs> but listen to me in the mornings, right? Here we are together. I feel like I feel like breaking out in, in song right now. Ebony and I, what is it? Ebony and Ivory? Is that the song? Ebony, Ivory. How the, what else? You and I in perfect harmony. I know I can't sing and I have no harmony. <laughs> Woo! Ebony and Ivory. Can't we all just get along, honey child? Kay says some of these drivers switching lane in the middle of the road are the roundabout. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, I had to kind of scoochie, 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 scoochie over. Um, to be quite frank, because when I got to the roundabout and I didn't move for like 15 minutes, I was like, oh, I can't take that way. I got to get over. And of course, nobody wants to let you over. Tensions are high. Everybody's like, no, you can't get over. I was like, please, please. I got my indicator on. I just want to take the bypass because at least the bypass was moving a little bit. I was literally moving three kilometers per hour, which is what? One mile <laughs> on the bypass. But that was better than not moving at all. Ay, ay, ay. Ingrid, good morning. She says the companies who teach them to drive is the problem. Well, I don't know. I mean, they might be part of the problem, but I think regardless of who teaches you to drive, if you don't know how to drive, you shouldn't be getting a driver's license. So maybe the driving test needs to be a bit more stringent. Mm -hmm. I know back in my day, I, I learned to drive in the States. I had to take driver's ed. And, um, you know, we went out on the interstate. That was scary at first. And, um, you know, driving instructor and you learned. Listen, the first thing they showed us was videos of people who crash and die because they don't know how to drive or because they make poor decisions or because they drink and drive. So they were like, let us scare like you first before you get behind the wheel, because then you need to know how seriously you need to take this privilege to be able to be on a roadway. 
And so I was scared to death when I finally got behind the wheel to drive. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Morning, Carla. Yes, hello. Hello, sir. Oh, morning, Sandy. Morning, my dear. Again. How you doing? I, I, right there's one throw some rocks at that dead horse. You beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what the real problem of this traffic is? Okay, number one, we need a national transportation system, right? Yeah, that's part but, of the solution for sure. Well, again, we can see what the main problem is with that, why we haven't had it yet, because we're only 70 square miles. I don't see what's so hard to implement something like that. Mm-hmm. You, you know what the reason is? Okay, who's the Minister of Transport? Well, it was uh, Minister Brian. No, who is? Well, who is now? Who's yeah, holding now, that Now boat? it's Minister Jay Ebanks. Okay, what? Okay, what's their track record in um, anything with transportation or traffic? What have they done or what, what qualifications do they have to say, well, um, they could push the country forward in the transportation industry to um, make Cayman more, let's, let's say, um, feasible to drive up and down and traffic-free? But is it, is it the civil servants have? and the technocrats that we expect to really have the solutions? I keep saying this to y'all. Like, I don't know why y'all think your MPs have the solutions to anything. All they're doing is listening <laughs> to civil servants. Okay, for the technocrats who are there, what qualifications well, do they have uh, to push the country forward? That's a good question. I don't know. So that is, well, that is the problem. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. Okay, if you want to be a doctor, right, you have to go to um, doctor school or mm-hmm. to go to medical school and all these physics, um, physics and all this kind of stuff to become a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I have these accolades. So why isn't these um, people who are in charge of these industries Labeled with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to a mechanic to have an open heart surgery. Come that's on now. True. That's for sure. <laughs> that so we sure. need to. So to get to get this stuff sorted out, we have to put the right people there who are suitable for the job. That's the first thing to get anything moving, unless mm-hmm. the infrastructure is going to be the same. Because they think building, like you say, is going to be a multifaceted thing to get this thing going. Because just building a road won't fix it. That's that's a band aid. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to, like I suggested already, all these experts here, we have car dealerships. They should not be bringing in their own transport because some of them are using our system. Some of them bringing three and four cars, renting two, and they're driving, and the government is getting nothing from that because that's all black market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have these dealerships here. If we didn't have dealerships here, okay, fine. Let everybody free for all, but why the dealerships here? I don't have a dealership, so it's not like I'm speaking to say, well, I need to make some more money. But um, I believe that would solve at, um, at least 30% of the traffic problem here. Mm-hmm. You made the dealership deal with it. Um, and anybody who here in a permit for anything under a year, whatever it is, you can't own a car. Or you have to be here for a year before you can even own a car. That, and plus that car you own, that's going to mm-hmm. be here until you roll over time. Mm-hmm. That's, we have to put these strict stuff in unless we are we're the ones who are from here we're the ones who are the Caymanians who build this industry we're, we're the ones who are going to suffer for what we have introduced in our lives mm-hmm. just for the almighty dollar but we just have to control it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we have to so I'm pleading to the authorities to put the powers that be or to put the powers that know in place to fix these problems and not stop going up for people who we like uh, who has a good gift for the gap. Mm-hmm. We need people who are professionals. Yep. That's the only way we're going to get solution. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. 
So that's my two cents. So that's a major problem. We need a professional to give us a professional analysis. Yes. To give us a solution. Thank that's you, all Carla. it is. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're sir. most welcome. And that's why I always say in this program for um, to that, sir, and others, that I, I rely on the experts because they are the ones who have studied and taken, you know, traffic management um, courses, traffic management degrees. So they're supposed to know way more than me. I mean, I can make a cursory observation here, there, and whatever. But quite honestly, they're the ones who have the necessary knowledge um, you know, so that's why we rely on experts over at the NRA. When the NRA says this road has to be built, we need to figure out how to mitigate all these other environmental concerns and whatever, but this road has to be built here. We can't build it over by Peter Castle, like some people are suggesting. We're going to get the reasons why. We're going to be talking about that in the coming weeks. But yeah, I mean, you're you're not an expert. And I, I really caution because everybody, we live in a world where everybody has access to having a voice, which is good, but up to a point. And um, I see people putting forth positions and stuff as though they are traffic managers, as though they have spent the last 15, 20, 25 years in a traffic management um, position learning about traffic management from all over the world as though they have the requisite experience and they just throw out solutions out there. And I have to wonder how they vetted those solutions and how they've even came to the conclusion that those solutions are um, a good idea. So Lizette says, coming from Caymana Bay, lots of drivers overtake um, to, to the left walking lane, driving like crazy. Yep, I see it every day. Shanika says, this idiot who's talking about Jamaicans can't drive. Oh, Shanika, be nice. <laughs> uh, need to stop talking. If he goes to Jamaica, he can't even survive on some of the roads there. He needs to vent so I understand. We're all venting right now. Stab says, because driving in Jamaica is way different, different than driving anywhere else. Um, I mean, to be fair, uh, Jamaica does have some interesting driving and they kind of make up their own lanes and everything as they go along. So I could see why people think they're crazy drivers. And when they have an accident there, ooh, they can have some epic accidents going to kill tons of people at one time. Now, it doesn't mean that they're any worse or, or, or um, better drivers, really. But I think what I, what I find with Jamaica and Jamaican drivers in general is they don't always respect the rules, the road rules. They kind of just make it up as they go along. And, you know, when I have to sit in the car and go down Junction Road or whatever y'all want to call Junction, that's a hot mess. You know, you come around the bend and all you can hear is a toot, toot, get out the way. And I'm like, uh, you're about to fall off the cliff. Where do people expect you to go? Oh, my goodness. Junction is, is uh, if you've never been on Junction, y'all need to do it once just to give you a little harder workout because your heart going to be beating fast. Oh, these big trucks coming around the corner. Somebody made a recommendation um, that maybe some of these trucks should not be operating in early morning. I think that was Miss Morna. She says there should be no big trucks on the road in the early morning. They need to wait for people that have to reach work, et cetera. And then all trucks should start late in the morning and also in the evening. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday because if that truck wasn't on the road at that time, then surely they would not have had the mishap um, that would have impacted five o'clock traffic. But in all fairness to the big trucks, they have a lot of running up and down to do because, again, we only have the one road, right? There's no alternative route for them. And business has to get done. So houses have to be built. Um, Marl has to be transported from one, one 
side of the island to the next, a lot of these um, quarries are out east and they're getting fill and marl and taking it all over the place. So to some extent, I'm sure it might be very, very challenging for um, these delivery services and trucking companies and stuff to get anything done if they could only operate within a certain uh, very limited time frame because they're so busy. You see the construction happening in Cayman? I'm just saying. Janetta says, now you imagine if Cayman traffic gets just as bad as LA traffic. My goodness, most of the time my knees are numb when I get jammed in traffic. Oh my gosh. Good morning to Scott. He says, forget businesses. Government should be staggering and working from home. I mean, for the most part, they did it during COVID. And and I must say, um, other than managers trying to micromanage people, I think it worked perfectly fine. Uh, Jonathan says, but you know what I say now, suffer in traffic, you guys will never solve the traffic problem. There's only two ways of solving the traffic problem, eminent domain, where they would have to remove a whole line of homes to build a brand new artery road or build a bridge over the North Sound and save the environment while you're doing it. Well, I'm surprised. um, I know that that's your solution, Jonathan, is build a bridge. But I'm surprised that you don't see or you don't know that building a bridge in the North Sound would have serious environmental implications as well. I think it's really weird um, that you think that. I don't know. Everything you do has some impact on the environment. Believe me, you. All right, JD, you're talking about patties this morning. There's a patties shortage. What? We can soon have that solution for you. Don't worry. All right, we're going to be moving on from this topic. I see Aliano again. Aliano, I don't want you to get too caught up on the traffic situation because we got to talk about politics this morning. Hello, Aliano. <laughs> don't don't get too yeah, caught Sandy, up in traffic. <laughs> No, no, I won't get caught. I won't get um a little bit of feedback on the the bridge that Jonathan talking about because I do like we, the we, idea. We will Jonathan have. Um, let me assure you that NRA and road experts in the coming weeks will be on the program, and we can talk about that and get their expertise and their feedback on why um that might may or may not be a viable idea. So stay tuned. It might actually be a it might actually be a better idea than than dredging inside the port in town. Dredging the port in town, it might it might be a way better idea because the, at least the sound is a lot more shallow and sustainable. I'm just saying. Well, let let's speak to the experts and see what they what they have to say on the point. Um, Alma says, Shanika, why are you calling him an idiot? Uh, because he's expressing his opinion. So, folks, let's not pull a Chris Saunders on the program. Let us be respectful to one another. There's no need. And and I think sometimes even me, I use the term ignorant, not really an idiot, but maybe I do sometimes, meaning that someone is um, is ignorant, right? Meaning that they just don't understand or they don't know or they don't have that experience, not to be insulting to anyone. And so let us assume, because uh, we can't always get the tone from written language, let us assume that Shanika did not mean that as an insult to Alejandro. Alejandro. Um, she goes on to explain because his point of who's causing traffic or can't drive is irrelevant. Every one of us here adding to the traffic situation, no need to be pointing out. I mean, I Shanika, 
I hear you, and I also hear Alejandro, and I must be honest with you. Um, somebody say must limit Alejandro's calls, please. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Y'all know that I, I'm not your parent. Now, you know, y'all need to have some self-control. Um, but Shanika, I think if you spoke to most people, quite frankly, I'm trying to deal with my ponytail, as y'all can see. The hair is kind of crazy today. Most people um, will tell you that um, there are some drivers here who are uh, worse than others. And like he said, some of that has to do with lack of driving experience. I know a lot of people who've never had a vehicle before where they come from, even people from the UK, like if you were in London and use the tube all the time or whatever to get around, when you come here and you get a traffic jam for the first time, a traffic jam, a traffic uh, a vehicle for the first time, you're not going to be the most experienced driver in the world. Uh, I've got somebody else saying this is a fact that they also think that Jamaicans and Filipinos might be some of the worst drivers in Cayman. It's an opinion. We can't say it's a fact because nobody in the traffic department is collecting data based on nationality and traffic accidents. But it would be interesting if they did. You know, sometimes you collect this information to see where there are gaps in the system and where there could be some improvements. And, um, you know, if, if the case is work, work permit holders are the ones who are causing a lot of the accidents, then maybe it's time to tighten up the requirements. Like maybe you come here and you can't get a car as a work permit holder, or you can't get a car for the first four years, five years or whatever, unless it's a specific requirement for your job. And even then, I think we need to be very careful how we allow any exemptions. Anyway, um, we continue to be frustrated, honey child. Good morning, Miss Romelia. How are you? But we're going to have to move on at some point because we do have limited time this morning. We've got a Cayman Voices segment that's going to be coming up here in just a second. So, um, in fact, I'm still, I need to remind myself, hold on one second now. I need to remind myself to render this video because I didn't get to quite complete my video last night. Um, I needed my videographer, the real expert, to help me do something. And of course, these things take time, honey chill. So he just sent me something this morning, which I'm going to try to import over now. Let's see how well that works. All right. Um, so yesterday, you know, I, I was not entirely surprised by what came next. And I think you guys will know that we spoke about this and I um, actually shared with you what I saw as coming. I said, this is coming. This whole situation with race and Chris Saunders. So said, so done. Now, before I get into that, let me touch on a little something. So I told you guys yesterday um, that, you know, the day before, the discussion we had the day before, a lot of people sort of got in their feelings, which is understandable. I understand why, um, you know, Mario was in his feelings because I spoke some truth on him. And a lot of times we don't like it when people speak the truth on us. I questioned his business skills. 
No, no, no track record of a successful business. And it just is what it is. I, for me, I don't feel like that's a matter of opinion. That's a matter of fact. Um, I talked about how the guys who worked with him previously um, said, you know, with that consortium, scrap metal consortium, that he was horrible and that they weren't getting their money. Mm-hmm. And so they're ready to, to break some limbs and, and whatever. They are the ones who said that they took it out in his vehicle. He had a different explanation. He claims it was some other incident why his vehicle was set on fire. Okay, whatever. If you're going to go with that narrative, that's perfectly fine. But I'm telling you that those guys will tell you to this day that they would never work with you again at any sort of consortium where you were the lead on it for sure. And you were responsible for paying them and making sure that they got their money. So it's important to um, address uh, something else. Now, apparently Dr. Frank jumped in on the conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to have a shady boots moment here because this kind of made me chuckle. Somebody sent me a screenshot of, um, of Dr. Frank and his live. He had 22 people watching and I saw the positive in that. And I said, but look, yeah, he had 12 people more than Rejma on her live stream, same, pretty much the same time of day. And she had the leader of the opposition on. So only 12 people watching the leader of the opposition and 22 people were sitting down watching Dr. Frank. So, you know, I saw the humor in that, of course, and I chuckled to myself. I said, go on through, Dr. Frank, go on through. Now, um, I have not listened, in all fairness, to anything that Dr. Frank has said in a while. And I don't really have any intentions of listening to it. But people will tell you what was said. So somebody said to me that apparently, somebody just messaged me this morning, in fact, because I wasn't even going to talk about Dr. Frank. That sometimes you just don't give people an audience, and that's probably the best thing. Because they're still looking for their, their moment, their glory moment or whatever, you know. People has beens and they're still looking to be relevant. And so they like to jump up in conversations. But everybody has a platform now. Even 10 people, 22 people, or for us now, we got 512 people. Whatever the numbers are, it is what it is. Everybody has the potential to have a platform. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't modern technology amazing? That whether you're Mario Rankin or Dr. Frank or my, my new puppy that's coming, I need to get her her own little show. It's going to be um, down and dirty with, um, what her name going to be again? Daisy. Down and dirty with Daisy. She going to have her own show too. Um, everybody has the option of having a, a potential platform if they wish to do so. Now, whether or not you um, listen to them and, you know, give them any credibility, that's completely up to you, the listeners. So on the one hand, we had the opposition over there being salty and talking about, well, we need all the details. We need to know exactly what's happening. Uh-huh. Give us the sus. Well, the only reason they want the um, PAC government to give the sus is because the way that they um, see it is the more they can try to find a friction of personalities, right? The more they have a hope of pulling these, further pulling these guys apart and trying to take control of the government. That's their only objective, folks. Y'all need to be really crystal clear here. The opposition has no concerns about the international reputation of this country 
um, how we look internationally, locally, whatever. They just want to have control back. Keep that in the back of your mind. And as someone pointed out very, very astutely yesterday, um, why are they a track or how do they believe that they have a track record for having a stable government? When again, during their administration, who walked across? Bernie Bush, Julian O'Connor Connolly, Dwayne Seymour, Ozzy Biden, Wayne Panton, Alva Saku. Um, I think they forgot um, the former uh, MP from Savannah, um, Mr. Eden, as well, because he should be on that list. He he, he walked with um, with Alva too. Alva walked back and forth quite a few times, to be honest. Ugh, he was giving me a vertigo with the back and forth. I was like, "Oh my god, where are you going?" So, um, you know. It is what it is. By the way, the governor's coming in the show on Monday, so tune in for that. So, yeah. Uh, Faith says, why did you steal my name down in Dirty Daisy? Oh, really? I'm telling you, we're going to have a show with her. Anyway, um, you know, at the end of the day, I am not surprised by anything the opposition has to say because they're, they're very linear. We need control back of the government. Alden wants to be premier again. I'm sorry for you, Mr. McTaggart, but you do realize that if you don't get it between now and the next election, Alden has taken back premiership. That's what he wants. And everybody knows that already. So your opportunity, you've got a very narrow window. So I, I get why you're on these platforms. And I get why you're pushing to further pull the government apart because you might get to be premier for a year and a half if that happens. If not, here comes Sir Alden again, honey chow, and you out of luck. Um, so I told you guys on, uh, oh, let me wrap up Dr. Frank. Let's give him his five minutes of glory here. So one of the things apparently that he said is that, um, uh, and I talked about this the other day, not in relation to Dr. Frank, but, but other people, this narrative that Wayne Panton is somehow paying me. So I think it's funny because... It's like speaking out of both sides of your mouth, right? Wayne Pampton is paying me, this is a narrative, but he's also prejudiced. Okay. Yeah, have y'all looked at me lately? Y'all do see I'm a black Caymanian, right? That 20%, 19.8% or whatever, it rounded up to 20% of supposed European, according to 23andMe, I am not claiming that. That 20% means nothing to me. It's interesting. Oh, yeah, somewhere down the line, we got some family member that probably was an Englishman. I don't know who he is and where he come from, but I could care less. 80% of who I am is of African-Caribbean descent. Yes? So Wayne Panton is racist and he's prejudiced. But at the same time, he's going to have a black woman trying to run his campaign because it's the thinking that they're the narrative that they're putting out there. Help me understand how that makes any sense. Hmm? It is illogical. When you take a course in logic, and I only took the one course, I'm not saying I'm an expert in logic, but I do understand certain things. Sometimes there are certain things that are running parallel to each other in terms of concepts and ideas. And it's a situation where both can't be true at the same time. 
So they're mutually exclusive. So either one is true or the other one is true. They can't both be true. And this kind of strikes me as probably one of those situations. How can it be that a man that you want people to believe is a racist and is prejudiced also would be taking advice from a woman of color and even as you claim have her on the payroll? Check your logic at the front door, sir. Check your common sense at the front door because it doesn't make any sense. Now, this is why when people speak on things, right, that they have no knowledge of and they have no understanding of, and their objective is really just to try to make Wayne Panton and the premier look bad, they'll say and do anything. Hmm. Some people said to me, well, you know, Sandy, of course, now you're in a position of, of, of influence. You're an influencer. And I said, okay, let's assume that was true. Meh, whatever. Let's assume that that was true. And that's why, you know, he, he, he would have to kind of pander to you a little bit. Somebody told me, the other day, oh, he's using you. And I said, how is Wayne Panton using me? When Wayne Panton won't even give me a nugget of information, I'm sitting over here like a squirrel begging for a little nut. I'm like, give me some information. And you don't give me anything. How can you be said to be using me? Again, you have two ideas that can't cross over and mesh with each other. If he is using me, that means that he has to be feeding me information that then I'm putting out in the public that is somehow beneficial to him. And that is not happening. In fact, the premier, his lips so tight, he's like, um, you know, back in those days when women had chastity belts, they put that and they lock it with a key and it was made of cast iron. Nobody wasn't opening that. I fancy that's how the premier's lips are. You're not getting nothing out of him, honey chair. But here's the thing, right? If we were to accept that or want to believe this ridiculous proposition, I, and I do not believe it, that the, the leader of this country is prejudiced and he's trying to use me. Let me ask y'all a question. Back in 2010, when I was deciding after my first battle with the RCIPS, I thought to myself, oh gosh, I really need to finish that. I finished the law degree, but I need to do the PPC because it looks like I might be in court more than once dealing with these police officers in this DBB's office. So I decided very much at last minute that I was going to go back and do the PPC, which is like the second academic part of a law degree. Because I had waited, um, and it was a bit of a last minute decision, there was no financing in place, scholarship deadlines had passed, the whole nine yards. And so my funding options were very, very limited. I went to Premier Panton and I explained the situation to him. And I said, sir, I'm in a little bit of a pickle here, wondering if you had any recommendations. And you know what this man did? He stepped up to the plate and paid for the first half of my course. Hold on a second. Y'all didn't just say that this man is prejudiced and he uses people that can benefit him. I had nothing then or in the foreseeable, my apologies, future at that point in my life 
that the premier could ever have said, oh, Sandy, going to be a benefit to me. There's nothing in his behavior. He helps people all the time. Both Caymanians, expats, um, Jamaicans, Filipinos, whoever. He helps people all the time who have nothing to give in return. You need to be able to pick the sense from nonsense. Now, Dr. Frank, um, unfortunately, we know has a chip on his shoulder. He's been on and on cussing about Wayne for a minute because Wayne didn't give him a job in this administration. And I pause and I say this. No one, Dr. Frank, is going to give you anything in life. Hmm? Everything you want, you have to get up and hustle and work for it. So he's had this idea that he could have been this cultural attache for the government. He could be offering them all sorts of advice, although by all accounts, be very clear, when he was minister, he kind of screwed himself. Remember now George Towners? These are my people. Gave Dr. Frank a chance and he did not perform to their standard. They gave him two terms. And that was it. They said, we got enough of you, honey child, get out. So your own people have said everything from those matchbox houses that you under the UDP um, government decided to build. Nobody was impressed. They deteriorated so fast and fell apart so quickly. You could have probably built better structures with Lego blocks. But you know, you set yourself up to be an expert. And certain things, well, it definitely wasn't a minister in building houses, that's for sure. As the last caller said, we need people with a certain level of understanding and expertise to be able to facilitate these types of projects, these major expenditures. So anything you have to say now is suspect at best and at worst, pure nonsense. I'm just saying. Yes? Okay, you want a job. Have you applied for anything? Or are you one of those people who believe that there is a certain degree of entitlement because you're a black man and you're a Caymanian and so therefore you should just automatically be entitled to something. This government should just give you a position. You know how many people wanted a position? Black, white, brown, high color, high, what, what Caymanians like to say, high yellow and all this foolishness? and they've not gotten a position with this government? If you see something that you want to apply for, all you do is apply. If you have a proposal for the government about how they can use you and your services, by all means, put said proposal together and submit it. Now, if we again were to look at performance, right? You had a contract with the University College of the Cayman Islands. And there are people who will say, both inside of the, the university uh, context and outside, that you simply did not perform. You were supposed to be writing something, some academic writing, some book, some something. Is it done yet? You see, this is why y'all just need to leave things alone because I don't even want to speak on this. Y'all know that, that Frank and I are cousins, we're family, 
He's a Macfield. On my mother's side, I would be related to all the Macfields and Cayman. I don't want to have to talk about Dr. Frank's failures because his failures are failures of us in a, in a certain way as well, both as a family member and as a people. But when you put information out there and you force me to address it, well, y'all know I got to address it with a cold, hard truth. And I am not concerned, folks, about your feelings. Feelings and facts are two different things. Don't put yourself on a platform and a public forum and make statements that then I have to correct and I'm going to correct them with facts, not feelings. So what projects were completed for the years that you were on the payroll over at UCCI? That was a very cushy job. Can I, can I get a job like that where I'm going to promise to write for them and, and just never really write much of anything? And every month I'm still getting thousands of dollars? Where's the book? Has the book been completed yet? Because, sir, with all due respect, you don't have anything else going on, anything else to do. The occasional live stream could not possibly be taking up that much time. Okay. So you're upset with Wayne Panton. He not give you no job. Can y'all bear with me for a minute while I tell you something? Not that long ago, he was upset. Now he's defending Chris Saunders, by the way, which I find interesting. Because not that long ago, he was cussing Chris Saunders. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Y'all really be putting me to the test that I have to be exposing the truth. You know what I keep saying? There's a lot of times, folks, that there's so much that I know that I don't say. And, and you just let sleeping dogs lie. You just leave it alone. Because that is in the best interest of a lot of people if I don't open my mouth. But when you start coming with foolishness, calling people racist, which is an insult. If someone isn't racist, they're highly insulted when you call them that, by the way. Making all these disparaging remarks about people. Then it makes me remember and recall the facts. And it wasn't that long ago that you were well upset. And I'm sure we could go back and find more than one of your live streams where you were cussing Kenneth Bryan and you were cussing um, uh, Chris Saunders specifically. Okay, uh -huh. Manions, you all listening to me this morning? Oh, I got some ackee in my plate for breakfast and I'm not even touch it because this tea's so hot that I gotta keep sipping it. Okay, what are you thinking to yourself? But I don't I don't know what Sandy talking about. I'm not familiar with this story. Well, let me tell you what happened. During COVID, Dr. Frank had his son overseas in Germany or wherever he was and he wanted the young man to come home. He's now an adult. And he went to Chris Saunders and said, Chris, I need the government's help to bring my boy back because I ain't got no money. I can't afford it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chris said, okay. Let me see how I can help. Um, he starts to put the, the gears in motion, getting people to call. Now, you know, because of the COVID situation, 
it was difficult to get flights. It's not like now where you can just jump on a plane, you got a connecting flight going this way, that way, blah, blah, blah. All sorts of places were locked down, shut down the works. It's in the middle of the lockdown, you know, just went into lockdown. So the traditional routes may not have been available for travel. Airports closed, this closed, that closed. Getting from Germany to Cayman, unless you were going to go on a row, row, row your boat and take two months to row a boat to get here, was a very difficult proposition. So to Chris Saunders' credit, and I always give people credit when they're doing the right thing, he was out there hustling, um, trying to get travel agents to figure out how this young man could actually get here. Well, lo and behold, it was uh, not happening in a time frame that Dr. Frank was happy with. Yes? So Dr. Frank started cussing Chris Saunders black and blue and everything under the sun. We saw the live streams with our own eyes and ears. And Chris Saunders, likewise, was cussing Dr. Frank. Not publicly. But he was saying, this is the most ungrateful man I have ever seen. He said, this man is ridiculous. His sense of entitlement is ridiculous. Here we are trying to help his son get back to Cayman. No help from him, monetary or any other way. And all he is doing is moaning and complaining and this and that, and it's not happening quick enough and blah, blah, blah. So much so that his own son had to say to him, allegedly, because I wasn't part of the conversation, this is what was shared. Daddy, they are in communication with me and they are working on it. What are you going on like this for? Mm-hmm. And he was cussing um, Saunders, Chris Saunders. This is what you call politics, Naina. Everything is a matter of convenience. So Chris Saunders, in turn, because you know, like I said, Chris got an attitude now. He's going to tell it with the best of them. He was cussing Dr. Frank too. He said, I would never, ever in a million years do anything for that ungrateful man again. I've never met somebody so ungrateful. And you know what? The only reason I was helping and giving this man some respect is not because he earned it. Dr. Frank, you better listen carefully now because you can have an eye opener this morning. You need to know what people really do think of you so that you can move accordingly. Chris said you didn't earn it. He was only giving you respect because of his father. And the two of you had a relationship and you were close, but he was washing his hands with you. That's it. I'm done with Dr. Frank. He not got no, where's my little, hold on here now. Hold on here now. Where's my button? Just in case. Um, hold on. I should tell you something. Where is that curse word button? Um, mm, I'm not going to say it, but I want to, um, Oh, yeah, sensor button. It was kind of like that. You know that, Dr. Frank? He's. Mm hmm. Yep. And I'm never going to help him again. And it was like, oh, snaps. He vexed at Dr. Frank. Dr. Frank vexed at him. He can never help him again. He can never do that. 
And here Dr. Frank comes now riding out on his white horse galloping in to save, uh, you know, um, Saunders in this situation. Oh, geez, I'm peace. Dr. Frank, please. Maybe you need a reality check. And I, and I don't know if you're listening this morning, but I'm sure somebody's going to tell you. You think uh, Chris Saunders likes you? He likes you as much as he likes me right now. Make that sink in. Uh-uh. No, sir. Not for a minute. But, you know, ultimately, folks, it has to come down to this. It shouldn't have anything to do with likability. It should have to do with right and wrong. And is right and wrong sometimes not quite black and white? To, uh, pun intended. Maybe there are shades of it, yes. All right. Playing the race card, accusing people of racism. You know, the funny thing is about us as people of color, pay attention to this one now. Some people of color are the most prejudiced people in the world. Now, I, you might not understand this if you're not a person of color. So I have a lot of foreign nationals. Big shout out to all the Filipinos, the Hondurans, the Jamaicans, everybody who listens to this show. Thank you for listening. This might come as a surprise because um, you might not know this if you're not a person of color and you don't hang around Black people, Caribbean, Afro people, whatever you want to call them. But some people, Black folks, themselves are the most prejudiced people. They can't even marry one of their own. That's how prejudiced they are. Mm-hmm. Y'all know which Caymanians I'm talking about. There's a couple famous ones around the place. They always talk about race relations and racism and this and that. And I look at them going, if you love your black people so much, where's your black, where is your beautiful Afro queen, your black queen? They have never had a relationship with a black woman. They would never have children with a black woman because they are purposely, and they says so true. Yes, they are purposely trying to add the same what they call it, pig, pigmentocracy, what the hell they call it, that same thing that they're accusing other people of and that they don't want, they claim that, oh, they're going to be judged by the culture. They're out there ensuring that their children are of a particular color by having children, now listen to this, not just with a Caucasian person, a run-of-the-mill Caucasian person, honey child. They have to go all the way to Europe they have to find some of the purest of the purest. Well, they think they're super pure. Germans and Russians and that sort of thing to get married to. Y'all think that that is a uh, coincidence? It's no coincidence. It is because you yourself do not really like blackness, your own blackness. So if we're going to be having a real conversation about color and pigmentocracy and whatever fancy words y'all coming up with, let's call a spade a spade. You can talk about it all you want. 
And you can talk about race relations, but my question to you is how much do you love your blackness? You can't expect other people to love you as a black person if you yourself cannot love you as a black person. I am only saying, can we get come a hallelujah? Oops, well, that might work too. Praise the Lord. Right? You project everything from your inside out. Your confidence, nobody can step to me about my color and make me feel a way about my color because I am the most beautiful color in the world. Nobody is better looking than me when it comes to the shade and the color of my skin. That's the confidence that you need to grow up with and that you need to have in this world. And you move forward with that. And I see other people of color as beautiful. I might see other people of so-called white European. I might think they're, yeah, they, they're pretty too. But nobody is more beautiful than my people. Right? Black is beautiful. All shades are beautiful. But if you can't even come to terms with that yourself, what makes you the one to get up and speak on race relations and this sort of thing and accusing other people of racism? You racist yourself then? You racist against your own people, against your own self? Look in the mirror. Right? You're trying to create an uncomfortableness in this community around color and race. And every single night when you go lay down, who you lay down with? A white woman. I'm just saying. If you truly saw no color, at some point in your life, you would have had a black woman in your life. Take it from me. I was married to a white man with blue eyes. But it wasn't his color or his blue eyes that attracted me to him. But if that's the first criteria when you're looking at a person that, oh, you know, I want to get in a relationship with them, future wifey material, whatever, that's what you're looking at? Like, oh, if I'm going to have children with her, she got to be European so that my children can come out two shades lighter than me? Mm, I believe that might be the very definition of racism now that I think about it. So I want y'all to sleep on that for a minute. I'm not going to say anything more about that because who the cap fit? And there's a few of you that fall into that category. You know who you are. Who the cat fit? Cheers with the tea this morning. That's, that's your truth, honey child. Dr. Frank, look into it. This is the darkest woman I believe you've ever been with. She's a Nicaraguan. And she's not really dark either. I'm just saying. Think about it now. You're not the only one. So don't feel no kind of way. There's a couple Caymanians. George Towners, some, some of them Baden Towners too, honey chill. There's a particular family from Baden Town. All of them got married white man or white woman. Knock yourself out. But I'm saying it speaks volumes. Love yourself. Love who you are. Right? Go forward in this world minus the chip on your shoulder. Because you would be surprised without that chip on your shoulder how you can see the world and people in a very different way. Not every time you didn't get an opportunity, it was because of the color of your skin. Maybe it was your attitude. Hmm. Maybe it was your sense of entitlement. 
right? Maybe it was your big mouth at some other point when you cussed the person out and they knew about it. And now you're going begging them for something. They're like, oh, I don't know you, you know. Morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. How are you today? My dear, I'm doing beautiful. How are you? Well, when I first started listening, you were going, it was something about traffic. And now you're going <laughs> down to prayer. So, um, we, get, both, we get into politics. We got to talk about this. Both topics that K-Man has avoided doing anything about because we are a reactive society here and not a proactive society here. Mm -hmm. And I grew up here, mm -hmm. both parents from here, mm -hmm. um, and never had any, I remember growing up here, it was never really an issue of what you looked like, mm -hmm. but more who you were for. Right. But when the who you were for, in that, that also sort of, you know, sneakily was because who you're for determines your color and, and your, true. Your, your place in society type right. of thing. Right, yes. So the, the finances of it. Correct. Mm -hmm. And the who's in that would be this and everybody else, you know, sort of thing. And some of it, I think, was was um a lot of our, our upbringing, I guess, mm -hmm. because we never learned in school to... To be proud of who we were. That's true. Um, but we learned to be proud of other countries' histories. Yeah. So, and that was whether you went to a government. I went to American-based school. Mm -hmm. Um, but I went to to for you two at some point, and then I moved to the states, and that was the first place that was for grade uh, grade two. Mm -hmm. And this was the time in Miami when they had a lot of Haitian. Immigrants, oh, gosh. Haitians. yes. And I, I don't forget this girl. She said to me, "She said, what you is? You ain't uh, black. You oh ain't white. You, you mix. You mix." <laughs> so I went home now to my aunt, and I'm like, "Well, oh, my God. I am mixed." But this time now, you couldn't tell my aunt now because no matter what the complexion, like the only people that know that you're not part of their race is mm -hmm. white. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every other culture is like, "Well, you could be. I'm not sure." Um, you know, but the whites know that because you know the one drop, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, sorry. But for us here, we sort of never really learned. In my in my opinion, this is only my opinion. We never really learned to, um, you know, that we come that we come from we come from somewhere. We come from uh, history, and I always think back of how many people we had in our society, especially women who were running the country. Running the country, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the men were gone, and the women were keeping keeping it everything afloat, everything mm -hmm. afloat. You know, they did not. The women were the financial advisors. They, uh, mm -hmm. When the men sent their money home, you know, they got the checks, they divided up for the household, they kept things going. Mm -hmm. And um, at some point along the way, you know, I can remember even my mom. It's like you never really asked for help unless you really needed it, like mm -hmm. really needed it. Mm -hmm. So that when you finally asked for help, people would know, well, okay, she must yes. really need help. But then help came along with more of a bartering. It wasn't like you do for me and I do nothing at all for you. Yeah. So at some point in our in our in our society here, it became a bit of a welfare state per se. Mm -hmm. And then that also then led to other levels of prejudice. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. But then we also imported some poverty. Mm-hmm. Because and, we have, and, and let's be honest, we imported some prejudice too. Of course, oh, oh, oh. 
that that's above honesty there. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, some of those people in their own countries suffer systemic racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't know no better themselves. Yes. But yet when they come here, they're a little, some of them, some cultures are closer to the, to the more respected shade. So they get away with things slightly until they do wrong. But um, we also then have a particular species known as the older Caymanian male who didn't want anything to do with the woman of their age or Caribbean people of their age. Mm-hmm. So that they chose now to marry into like the Asian or Asian people, mm-hmm. sometimes the Latina people. And then when those particular women realized that, oh my God, their shit does stink, mm-hmm. I get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. After they already had two or three children, then now they have to go on the on the on the um, welfare system mm-hmm. to get money provided for their child. So then you have now a whole mix of people now mm-hmm. needed needing assistance so yes. then you have then all of that is sort of you're just a constant feeding into racism prejudice mm-hmm, stereotyping mm-hmm. and everything else and then you have you know where we don't we don't just like how we don't actually do public education on the road mm-hmm. we didn't do public education on people mm-hmm, you know you know and a lot of people look at certain cultures and they don't realize that some people coming here they, they are lawyers and doctors in their country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And they are coming here to be cleaners. Yes. Okay. Yes. And they don't think that, and they don't think that it's above them or beneath them. Yeah. They're just doing they what they have to do, do to survive. What they need to do because yes. we should not really have to bring in people to sell us Burger King. Mm. We should not have to, you know, we really shouldn't have to. It should be a job that our youth are proud to, to take on mm-hmm. as a part of building their future resume. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to do that because then they think, okay, well, they're going to look at me because they laugh at me. Like, who cares if somebody laughing at you? Just, that's the other thing. All of this concern for um, all of this concern for what people think. People that are not going to make one iota a difference in their life. Mm. People are youth, and not even just the youth, older mm. people are like, somebody do mm-hmm. God bless them. They, they have the right mindset mm-hmm. that you're not living my life for me. I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of them are having that right mindset. Yeah. And some of them are, are, are you know, they have to learn it because, you know, they're, they're going to learn from their, you know, from their um, household too. So poverty, it's only people that sort of build their way and work their way out of it and be resilient. But then you have some people that go, well, if my mother was getting on NAU, then I don't get NAU. I don't get NAU. And come on now, what, how long do you think our government can sustain that level of without addressing the actual issues. Hmm. It's got to crumble. It's got to crumble sometimes. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate those thoughts. Um, Folks, uh, yes, I mean, listen, I think, um, Mm -hmm. who was it that just made a comment um, about racism? Listen to me. I, in August, I'm going to be, and I'm proud to say it. I know a lot of women don't like to tell their age. Listen, none of this stuff matters to me. I'm going to be 50 years old in August. Yes, August 18th. Mark it in your calendar. We have to throw a little virtual birthday party. I have seen a lot. I have experienced a lot. 
I have experienced prejudiceness. I've experienced being misjudged just because I'm a Caymanian. When I first moved to Cayman, right, a lot of people didn't know I was a Caymanian because I lived in the States for 15 years. I grew up there. I had this very American accent. I didn't notice the difference. Of course, I got opportunities because I sounded a particular way. Although the only passport I ever held was a Cayman passport. They were like, oh, she must be. She speaks so proper and whatever. But I mean, I'm sure having that piece of paper, I already had my first degree. That helped. I could write, right? I had writing experience. I had a writing degree. I mean, but I'm sure it did not hurt that I sounded a particular way. And they were able to look past the physical. Prejudiceness exists all over the world. It is something that every individual has to constantly be aware of, even with themselves. It is human nature to judge people based on how they look and what they look like. And worse yet, if you grew up in an environment that propagated that type of foolishness. What I just said to you that some Black people are more prejudiced than anybody else, I know what I'm talking about. I have had elders in my own family raise their children, which would be my uncles and aunts and so on, and tell them, don't marry anybody darker than the palm of your hand. This is the same Matfield clan now. Pay attention. School is in session with an extra dose of the truth. I heard it with my own ears. Don't marry anybody darker than the palm of your hand. And the person who was saying it was black, black, and black, black on black. And I was looking, because this was when I returned from university, I was looking at this person and my brain was confused by what they were actually saying. Telling children and grandchildren not to marry anyone blacker than the palm of your hand. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? This is a black Caymanian that said that. I remember there was a World Cup. So this would have been around, I came back in 1996. So there must have been a World Cup or some big soccer thing going on. Because again, I was sitting in this elder's um, house. This was my aunt forcing me to visit people that I didn't really want to visit. But I'd been away for so long. She's like, you need to know your people. I was like, "Ah, please spare me. No, no, no. Sandra, you come with me. We go and visit so-and-so. I didn't have no car. I wasn't driving. So I was being dragged along begrudgingly because then I would buck up on people saying all this kind of foolishness to me. And I had to bite my tongue because you must respect your elders. And you know, my brain was like, mm, I just want to drop some words on this. No, Sandy, you can't do that. I sat there and watched this person watching some football match back in the day. This one came on 27 was on air, whatever. Cussing Jamaicans. You know what the person said in my presence? And this again shows you the hate that Caymanians can have in their own heart. And the division that sometimes we are propagating ourselves and then want to talk about people racist. This elderly black Caymanian had watched people playing. Jamaican team was playing. She said, oh, those Jamaicans, they're so black. Their very heart must be black. (laughs) Oh my God. My mouth 
dropped open. I mean, if it was if it literally had hit the floor, I wouldn't be surprised. I was like, what did you just say about black people? Uh, uh, not black people, Jamaican people. Oh, their blood must be black. Their heart must be black. Here's the irony of it. Like I said, this person was black and black, pretty, pretty, pretty dark. And then on top of that, married to a Jamaican. That has done a lot for their family has had a successful business, has had children with them, has left businesses for their children, land for their children, built a legacy that has lasted multiple generations for children and grandchildren. That was a Jamaican man that put you in that position. And you were sitting here talking about Jamaicans? This is akin to the same thing I'm telling you about. Some people sitting down cursing white people and every night, they sleeping next to a white wife and treating her like the queen she could be. I'm not saying anything about anybody. I'm sure she's a queen in her own right. But something is fundamentally wrong with you when you have this hyper-focus on racism and you cannot love yourself. Okay? Let's move on from that. Because the only reason I am talking about this is because what has now transpired and what has been leaked by Chris Saunders to other media, he wouldn't send it to me. Shame on you, Chris. Why are you not including CMR in your propaganda? You don't think we were going to print it or what? Huh? But listen, he has created this narrative now that Governor Martin Roper is prejudiced. And he set it up quite fine, if I may say so myself. Got e oh, I have emails to prove. To prove what? What do your emails prove? What your emails prove is that you've been cussing this man and accusing him of being a racist and being prejudiced. It doesn't prove that he is. There's a difference. So he sent these emails to um, the Compass. Let's have a look at some of them now. Leaked them yesterday. And I, I knew that something was coming down the pipeline because somebody did ask me, oh, are you getting the emails too? And I'm like, mm, nope, I don't see no emails. Hey, so which emails? Oh, somebody talking about Cayman Brackers. Oh, child, let, we, can't, we can't talk about Cayman Brackers here this morning. They're a special cup of something. Ooh, them Brackers, honey, child. You come as a black person up in some of their houses and they they got they gotta give you a plastic cup and throw it away afterwards. Wait, like I said, I'm well aware that prejudices exist. I, I'm no fool. I wasn't born yesterday. I've heard all the stories. I must say a bracket has never treated me like that, but I know some of them would do it for real. Okay. A good good thing that the um sand in in Cayman brought now black sand because they wouldn't have ever had sand yards. <laughs> They would have been like, no, we can't be sweeping no sand yards. Got a sand that's black. That's how they are, but that's all right. Bless, bless, bless their little hearts. They're getting over it slowly but surely. You ever notice that some of those brackers, that's why they love people from Texas? Because they had to go marry a country bumpkin? Yes, honey child, you go check some of them. And it's not a, it's not a question of quality. You know? 
They wasn't marrying somebody of quality just because they're from Texas. They are marrying ignorant fools, not got no sense. But all they were worried about is, you know, the person was white. And so a white Cayman Braca had to maintain that whiteness. I hear you then. I see you. Mm-hmm. You know, when the caller, that last caller called and she made me chuckle because um, when she was talking about moving to the States and how they were trying to identify what she was. They're like, you're not black, you're not white, whatever. And I remember, um, you know, the, the dynamics of the States is changing. We have a lot more people now that are mixed with all sorts of stuff for sure. But I remember when I moved to the States too, um, and I was in the fourth grade, one of the most bizarre questions, and I had no idea, I had no idea what these people were talking about. One of the kids asked me if I like crackers. Now, you know, crackers is a derogatory term for white people, but I didn't know that. I was nine years old. What do I know about crackers except they taste good? So when she, we were in the bathroom, she's like, do you like crackers? And I was like, oh my God, yes. I love crackers. I love to eat them with this and that, you know, me lead with my belly. And I, yeah. <laughs> I love to eat crackers with this and that and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, what are you talking about? So I had to go home to my aunt at the age of nine. Maybe I was 10. I don't even think so. And had to ask her what the hell a cracker was. What was I missing? Somebody didn't fill me in. I'm like, what's a cracker at Lottie? What is a cracker? And she's like, what? I'm like, this girl asked me if I like crackers. And I start talking about crackers to eat. And she looked at me like I'm stupid. I don't know what the problem is. First time I'd ever heard of such a word. Mm-mm. And to this day, I stand by my point that crackers are delicious. I like them with all kind of cheese and everything else. Anyway, um, let me tell you something now. These emails were leaked to the compass and there's certain conclusions that have been reached. And it's all surrounding this gambling bill. So let me break it down as easily as I possibly can. And by the way, we have a Cayman Voices segment coming up. Chris Saunders and other MPs do not want to be tough with gambling, including the ex-premier. He, he himself, um, Sir Alden, has said, no, 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 we're going to be criminalizing our people and blah, blah, blah. The governor and the police commissioner and others have a different perspective on illegal gambling. They say the reason really is that we have proof that the illegal gambling racket here in Cayman is so lucrative, millions of dollars per annum, that we have allowed the infiltration of gangs, organized criminals, organized criminal organizations, from other places around the world, Dominican Republic and Honduras and Jamaica and so on, to infiltrate Cayman by way of illegal gambling. And this is a concern for more reasons than one. It's not just about, oh, it's just one little later buying a couple numbers. It's about organized criminal gangs now see how they can make a lot of money in this little rock called the Cayman Islands. 
And that feeds into other types of criminal activity. Once they get their foot here with illegal gambling, that's not where it stops. And so apparently the governor has questioned in cabinet why people like Chris Saunders does not take a firm stance against illegal gambling and why this government was incapable of amending the legislation to have more than a $10 fine or $20 fine or whatever it is right now is very low ball. Why they were incapable of moving that legislation forward. And what was put forward is that there are concerns that some of these organized criminals who are pushing the numbers game in Cayman are also funding politicians by way of their political careers. So they're giving them donations. Is there any truth to this? How on earth would we know? There's no obligation to report any donations, political donations. People getting money from all sorts of different people. So because the governor raised this concern, Chris Saunders has said, oh, you're prejudiced because apparently it's only black people who are gambling. Well, I don't know. I, I, don't, know who, I don't know who it is that's buying illegal numbers. I guess primarily it's Caymanians. Is it just black Caymanians? I don't know that. So this now has led Chris to send out numerous emails, and we're going to look at some of the screenshots here, where he is accusing the governor on that singular issue of being prejudiced. Let me, let me read. I don't think you can see some of this, child. We got to try and enlarge this a little bit, but hold on a second now. Let me see what I can do, yes, so to read you some of what was in the Compass. The Compass headline, Tension Between Saunders and Governor, Revealed an email exchange. So um, Chris Saunders and his team leaked these emails to the governor. Now, I told y'all the other day that I was aware that Chris had cursed out the governor and told him off and all sorts of stuff starting from December, and it has transpired over multiple meetings. It was just not a one-off situation. Yeah? So now, according to the Compass, who received the email exchange on the down low, kudos for them, says that a heated dispute between Governor Martin Roper and former Deputy Premier Chris Saunders appears to have set off a chain of events that culminated with Saunders' sudden exit from the PAC administration on Tuesday. Now, let me be very clear. I think that conclusion that the Compass has come to is erroneous. It has contributed, but I wouldn't say that it set off a chain of events. I've told you guys there is more than one concern with Chris Saunders. It's not just this, okay? Other things are happening here with Mr. Saunders as well that are very, very concerning. 
And if you had to put it under a general umbrella, it would fall under the umbrella of having no respect for people. Whether it's the governor or people, civil servants, who have feverishly been talking about how they have been subjected to all kind of unprofessionalism and harassment at the hands of this man. Right? So um, Saunders says, you're prejudiced because you want us to get tough on gambling. Well, in my mind, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how you jump. I mean, listen, they oftentimes say um, that, you know, if, if jumping to conclusions was a national sport, that uh, Caymanians would be winning gold medals. Huh. Right? Anyway. Goes on then to say that, um, and I mean, I think it's interesting that nothing else is brought up in that article about what else might have led to his departure. But anyway, I told you guys that he was fired. I told you that he never resigned. Right? So this email exchange now, and they say a portion of which was seen by the Cayman Compass, sheds light on what has been unfolding behind closed doors for weeks. Not for weeks, honey child. For months. Months. And I told you all before that I knew about it. And in fact, the governor, as of January, was not trying to make this a thing. He understands, I suppose, politics and politicians and a little bit about personalities, right? He didn't want this to be no big blow up in the media. He didn't want Chris Saunders to lose his job over this. But when you believe that you have no boss and nobody can check you, Sometimes they got to show you. Cayman is not a sovereign country. And so even you, as a politician, will have to understand that you can't say anything you want and you can't do anything that you want. Yeah? There are restraints or constraints that are in place. Some of the email correspondence he told the governor to go home the sooner the better mm, mm, mm. told him that he made a racist comment they, they the article does say that the disagreement is understood to have played a part now my problem with this is of course it played a part we said that from when we talked about this on tuesday or wednesday the bigger issue is the disrespect. It's not about racism. Let's not make this about something that it is not, or it shouldn't be about. Because this now, folks, is where you all are being fooled. Someone, aka Chris Saunders, 
is hoping that enough of you want to believe that the governor is racist and that we need to be an independent country, that we need to run and get away from the UK. We need to go the way of Jamaica because clearly they've gotten independence right and he understands Jamaican politics and he will guide us as the next premier of this country in that direction. This is laying the foundation for a very dangerous set of events. And y'all need to be very careful what you choose to believe and who you choose to believe. Mm -hmm. The governor um, talks about the gambling bill, the failure uh, of support from a good number of the government in this regard. He says that, you know, um, these comments claiming that his comments on the uh, gambling bill were racist may have been likely in breach of the ministerial code of conduct. Saunders replies, because remember now, this has been ongoing for months. I tell y'all, nothing happened on Tuesday. Saunders made it sound like he went in on Tuesday morning and him and the premier had words and there was something that broke the camel's back. And then he just resigned, threw down his resignation and left. That's a bold-faced lie. This man has lied to the people of the Cayman Islands. I told you on Wednesday, this decision, and I thank the civil servant who made me think for a minute and go, mm, I need to be asking some questions in this direction. The way the Westminster system works, he did not resign. He got fired. And it was the governor who can fire you. Be very, very clear. Yes. The premier signed off too, I'm sure. But the governor has the ultimate say. So this isn't, don't buy into, even what the progressives, oh yeah, this party, whatever. No, 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 no. This ain't got nothing to do with PAC. Although some of them are immature, they're young, some are power hungry, no experience. Yes, those things are all true. But in this specific situation, folks, this is a perfect example of a man who unfortunately for him had an eagle that was too big for his already oversized britches. And that became his undoing. And it has been happening from the minute he became a minister. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? Sexual harassment includes groping people, you know? Listen, I don't want to go too deep into that situation because there are real victims out there who are afraid, who have filed official complaints that are being dealt with. Pay attention, Caymanians. Pay attention, non-Caymanians as well. Do not be hoodwinked by someone who has an agenda that you may not appreciate and they think they can get to you by playing the race card first and there's more to come because this is the first of the setup, these emails and this gambling bill. The next thing that's going to come is he's going to make accusations about the premier because 
pretty much just leaves the premiere out of it, but he, Chris Saunders not finished. He's going to come down and make accusations of corruption against the premiere as it relates to C3. I can get to that topic next week. Caller, welcome to the program, my dear. Uh, good, good, good morning. Are you, are you uh, about to sign off? No, uh, anyway, let me let, let me let, 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 let me squeeze remember, let me remember squeeze we go, in we my go to 10, We go to ten thirty now, but I already have some overtime uh, lined up. Uh, oh, that, that 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 is great. But at the same time, I will try to be brief, of course. Mm -hmm. um, this 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 is very tough, uh, Sandra. I mean, mm -hmm. it's uh, I I want to address it, but but first of all, let, let me eliminate what I don't think I don't want to really address. The issue of racism always very difficult to deal with mm -hmm. unless somebody comes to you and tells you oh because you are this race or you are this and right. that unless you've got some real evidence it's always difficult to deal with so i don't i don't want to touch that one mm -hmm. uh and then secondly um there's the issue of the language uh, like when you tell somebody that uh, according to the report that you can go home you know I'm not quite sure that's appropriate, but again, I'm slow sometimes to judge people on uh, uh, who, who who perhaps have had a certain negative dynamic for some time. But if I were to be idealistic, I would mm -hmm. say that is not an appropriate thing, uh, perhaps, to say in those circumstances. So, yeah. having eliminated those, let's 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 talk about um, the responsibilities of the governor. Mm -hmm. The governor, under Section 31 of the Constitution, uh, he is responsible for good governance, and he says that all the time. Under Section 81 and 55 of Parliament, uh, of, of the Constitution, mm -hmm. he has a right, if, uh, if Parliament does not wish to introduce a bill or to pass a bill relating to defense, external affairs, internal security, and appointments, mm -hmm. uh, he can introduce a bill himself and pass it in those restricted areas, usually called uh, special responsibilities of the governor. Now, in my view, he, well, it's not so much my view. The legal position is mm -hmm. that he must stay within those bounds. So that, to me, if it is correct that, in fact, what the governor did was he said, hey, look, why are you sending this bill to the, to the, to the um, select committee? Pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. Mm -hmm. If he did that, he exceeded his powers. It's not his business. What he is supposed to do is if he thinks that they are not going to pass the bill, he, it goes to his power under Section 81, mm -hmm. and then he can pass it. But my problem with that is I'm not quite sure that he would have had the power to do that in relation to the gambling bill, because his special powers of override are only in relation to defense, external affairs, internal security, and appointments. And I don't see that that falls within that. And the more general point, Sandy, is that if the governor can interfere in something relating to gambling, where does it stop? Because gambling is sort of like, it's just a general kind of legislation. It means then he can tell elected representatives to say, regardless of what your representatives want you to, to do, I, as governor, I want to pressure you behind the scenes that you should go and pass a law, that particular law. To me, it means when he does that, mm -hmm. he is actually uh, now interfering with the internal processes 
of the legislature because the legislature is free to be able to say, we won't pass it or we will pass it or we will pass it, but we'll send it to the committee. I think he exceeded his powers in relation to that. But let me close on, 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 on mm -hmm. a related point. This governor, in my view, look, People do jobs and they are not always doing the wrong things. People do uh, correct things, but we have our own complaints. Mm -hmm. In my view, this governor has failed, for example, to ensure that the judiciary is held accountable. Uh, in mid-2021, nearly two years ago, I wrote to him and I told him there are no procedures for complaining against judges. The constitution says these procedures must be put in place by the Judicial and Legal Services Commission, and they haven't done so for six years from 2016. And today it's two years after it became an issue, and seven years since they were supposed to do it, they didn't do it. You know what he did? He punted that question. He said, no, it's not for me to deal with. And now he is leaving, and that issue has not been dealt with. And right now, I'm waiting for the ombudsman. The ombudsman uh, has told the judiciary, you must give, meaning me, you must give Mr. Simamba the number of judges who have been complained against, uh, the, what the nature of the complaint was, what the result was, whether there was a full investigation, you must give him that. For three months now, the judiciary won't give me that. And I have accused them. I have said you, the Judicial and Legal Services Commission, as well as the judiciary, deliberately don't want accountability in the judiciary. You agreed to give me this information. Now you don't want to give it. And you are even refusing to give it when the ombudsman has said you should give it to me. And the ombudsman has told me that they are now sending messages every week to the judiciary to do that. These are issues the governor should have dealt with because they relate to good governance. Only this morning, somebody told, who, heard me, who heard me on your show talk about the effectiveness of your show. Somebody who heard me on your show mm. called me and said, what do I do to complain against a judge? This governor has left without dealing with that issue. I thank you, Sandy. I know mm -hmm. I've gone on for long. Uh, I'll continue to listen. Thank you. All right. Thank you very, very much. Um, and I, I have to, you know, as I was reading this and the, the broader legal question, folks, of um, whatever comments the governor did make during cabinet, whether or not those comments were in law, we would say like um, uh, obiter as, a part, as opposed to, to being part of the judgment. So I, I heard and I read what the... Um, you know, what the MP was saying, like, oh, I, I believe that you're overstepping, right? So in, in law, you can have a judge who will say something that they call obiter dictum, which is like um, incidental expression of opinion, not essential to the decision and not established in any, any precedent. It's almost like they're thinking out loud and they say, hmm, I wonder, you know, th this also occurred to me kind of thing. So as I read this story, about these leaked emails, right? It occurred to me that is this a situation where the governor's comments within cabinet, because he sits in cabinet and he advises them, he gives them his opinion. He's there as a representative of the United Kingdom. And is it a situation where he's saying, you know, listen, the police have this information about the infiltration of, um, you know, criminal gangs, organized criminal gangs, um, organized crime within the Cayman Islands, and it's part and parcel of the actual um, uh, numbers and gambling game. And this is something that you guys have got to get under control for a number of different reasons. 
And the reasons, let me be very, very clear. Y'all talking about the influx of guns and criminality into this country and weapons and so on. We've already seen uh, some of these numbers, people being targeted. Several of them have now been killed as a result of either just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, or they were specifically targeted. Remember the guy who got shot in, in the West Bay? Specifically targeted because everyone knew that he was selling and running numbers. And we have not to this day had a successful prosecution for anybody who's running numbers in this country, not even for the more serious offenses of money laundering. And think carefully on it now because we're on gray lists and black lists. And one of the things they keep bringing up is y'all can't convict anybody for money laundering. And you want to think that it's not happening? That's impossible. Understand how that plays into the bigger picture. You have people in this country who are millionaires, have all sorts of businesses and houses and flush with money. They're running mules back and forth between Cayman and other jurisdictions, transporting money. And y'all want to talk about why are we blacklisted and why are we on a gray list? Ask yourselves again. And this is all surrounding illegal gambling. The problem with this is that illegal gambling, even if we go to the polls now and say, oh yeah, let's, let's, let us um, have illegal gambling, let's approve that. That's not going to eliminate this already lucrative illegal gambling business. That's where you have to be careful entertaining this idea. I don't have any issues with gambling. If you want to go buy a lotto ticket, that's your business. I don't care. Most times I go to Miami, I forget to buy it, but I have intentions of buying one. I want to be a millionaire too. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to live that lux life, that luxurious life, right? Sure. Most time I remember when I'm in the airport, I'm like, oh, nobody ever wins in the airport. That's a waste of a dollar. I don't have any issues with that. My point is, if you're doing it to eliminate the underbelly part of illegal gambling, it's not going to work. That is too well cemented in this community already. And it will not be eradicated by having government set up and run its own competitive gambling business that will have rules and regulations in place and cost all sorts of money, et cetera, et cetera. It just isn't going to happen. So I read with interest the emails and the exchange between the governor and um, Chris Saunders. The one thing that you don't always get from emails is the tone of voice, right? Somebody can send you a scathing email and boy, that'd be dripping with sugar. It sounds good, but it's still scathing. When they were writing it, they were typing hard like, uh, 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 I can't stand you. Normally when people are set, they type in all caps. That, that's when you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up, back it up now. But this sounds almost flowery up to a point. Oh, just hurry up and go home. But when you say it in person, and I want you to understand, this is not about an exchange of emails, despite kind of what this headline might make you think. Why the governor would have been put off by Chris Saunders. This is a man who during cabinet disrespects the governor in front of other ministers, including the premier of this country. And they sit back and watch this. 
And the governor has to be thinking, as I would too, obviously these people do not understand the relationship that we have with the United Kingdom. This is akin to a mother or a child, a parent and child. You're not going to come in my house, even if as a parent I come and visit you to your, at your house, right? If I am your parent, you still cannot disrespect me with your language and your mannerisms. That's when you have to go independent. Are the people of the Cayman Islands ready to go independent because Chris Saunders says that the governor is racist? Ask yourselves that question. Be careful who you follow. Eventually, we're going to have to go independent. Don't, don't, don't make sure you understand what I'm saying. That's a whole other conversation. But don't have someone push you out the front door when you are not ready for what is on the outside. You cannot be disrespectful to people sitting at the table with them and carry on like a lunatic and don't think you're not going to be reined in and held to account for your behavior. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hey, um, Sandy, good morning. Good morning. Playing the devil, so you, you know, you mentioned that um, the gambling, um, what it does, like people robbed and all that. But to be honest, you don't have to be a, a, a gambler or a, a number seller or whatever to be robbed because what happened to those innocent people that has stores? People are still going in and rob them. So we need to think about that. We need the crime on a whole address rather than just saying, well, it's gambling, why this happened and whatnot. Well, ha- having, having said that, caller, right? Um, yes, I mean, you, you address crime as a whole, but you also have to understand that when you know the causes of criminality, you have to address the cause. So if we know that one of the causes is illegal gambling, and someone just pointed out, they said, I think Billy forgot that we have murders and robberies associated with illegal gambling. Clearly, that is a matter of internal security. The gambling bill was developed as a deterrent to illegal gambling. So yes, there's a holistic approach, but there's also a very individualized approach as well. That's the details and the plan. That's where the RCIPS now is out there gathering intelligence and doing their job. So anybody can be the victim of robbery, but guess what? You're going to be targeted even more when somebody knows you got $50,000 cash in your house every single night that you can't go and deposit in a bank. And you're trying to wait for mules to be able to take it overseas in in increments of $9,998. So they fall below that threshold. Well, I, I personally... Who, who's easier to rob? The, the person walking uh, on the street who can just have a little handbag with $1,500 in it? Or the numbers guy who I know got 50000 plus of cash sitting in his house? Well, you see, that's a sad thing because they actually robbed the little woman walking no, I'm on not, the street. I, I'm not yeah, saying... And they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're robbing... I'm not the, saying that, Miss Darlene, people, but I'm saying the, the, the criminals that understand... Business. You can't yeah. have a business, you can't have a business home and feel comfortable anymore. I see that. So where is the little corner store? They're breaking into people's houses, shops, or whatever, whether it's under the tree, wherever no, they sell no, it. No, so, listen. Yes, I understand. Cr- criminals are opportunists, right? Address. Yeah. They need to be addressed. So Yeah, criminal, anyway, criminals are opportunists, but but listen to me. If I'm going to take a chance of going to jail for robbing somebody, even me, and I'm I'm not a criminal in any sense of that word at all. 
I would go and rob somebody who's going to give me a bigger return for the risk that I'm taking. And if you got $50,000 I can get off of you, even $10,000 versus $100 or a little $2,000 in a register, who do you think I can go after? Yeah, but but it it is it's not that way. So I, mean, I don't see it that way. I well, you it. might not see it that way, but the police the have evidence that I, that is I, happening. Like I say I I don't agree with the gambling whatsoever. But I am saying to myself. But let me tell you something, Miss Darlene. This is where um this is where, and I guess the police have a reason for why they don't tell us a lot of stuff. Remember, there was a robbery during that spate of robberies. There was one that happened outside with some people under a tree and whatever. You know. The police never said that that was a targeted gambling situation. So a lot of times these robberies are related to gambling and the police don't say so. They don't provide that yeah, level yeah. of information. When we find out, I try to tell the people so that you have all the information and that you're in the know. So you may not be aware of how many people are being targeted because of the numbers game. Yeah, well, you true, might think it's so, not that so, many. But, you might be like, so, "Oh, that's a one or two. Yeah, but but look, like what you just mentioned. Look about look about the uh, what's happening with the money laundering. I mean, that that to me is greater than than gambling. No, but that's from the proceeds of the gambling. Okay, we'll see. I mean, listen, maybe, thank you very much, Carla, maybe what needs to happen, and this could be a failure of the RCIPS, maybe they need to speak more directly on these things. Instead of just providing this information to the leader of these, this country, the leaders and, and the, um, and the premier, uh, the leaders and the governor, maybe what they need to do is start telling the people. Say that every time you go in by numbers, this is who you're supporting overseas. These are the gangs that we know that are connected to it. In Honduras, yeah. Jamaica, Panama, this place, that place. They take in money from Cayman, going to Colombia with the money, putting it in a bank account. That's funneling other criminal activity. Maybe that level of conversation needs to happen. So that every time you sit down in church asking somebody what number played, you might want to rethink. Uh-huh. Caller, hold on. You third in line. Um, let's take these in the order that they came in. Caller number one, ending in 4-1 is your phone number. Go ahead with your comments, please. Yeah, Ms. Sunday. I was saying, right, when you when we think, when we're talking about this legalizing the, the, the lotto, the national lotto, I, I still say that if they legalize it, it would be a little bit more on a safer side because now they at least have permission to have certain Balloon. Uh Miss Miss Ramelia, calm down. All right, Alejandro. I I, I mean I, I don't know. I mean like the same thing with the marijuana part. I know we want to talk about ganja, but we'll sit down here and talk about lottery. Like we're gonna have a chance of winning. But if they legalize lottery, right? It gives the people that are doing the business the opportunity to, to apply for to 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 do it legally and to have the the the, the sufficient surveillance that they will need in order to keep themselves protected. If anything comes into hand that they would be robbed, they can't do that if it's illegal. No, can they? All right, my dear. Thanks for your comments. Um, second caller ending in one six. Go ahead, sir. Morning. Yes, uh, sir. Um, it may be true that robberies are happening and murders are happening in relation to um, gambling. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with your comment that 
what needs to happen is that the government needs to continue, needs to stop keeping us in the dark and feeding us what they feed mushrooms. Okay? That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I, I'm offended that you could have a minister of government, a minister removed from his position, mm-hmm. and all we get is this glossy magazine, oh, just another day at the office comment. That's rubbish. And I do agree that the, that the police need to do a better job of informing the public mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. regarding what's going on. However, mm-hmm. all of that is a separate issue from whether the governor is overstepping his bounds mm-hmm. and interfering in internal legis- internal legislative process. Mm-hmm. What it mm-hmm. does is that it makes the, uh, the change from legislative assembly to parliament even more of a joke because it, 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 it proves to us that it's just a facade and that they think differently behind the scenes. Right? Now, do you, do you agree? agree with, let me just ask you a question in relation to the governor's powers. Do you agree that this issue with gambling and um, you know the infiltration of organized crime in that arena is a matter of um, internal security? Um, that, that is the enforcement of the law is a separate issue from the creation, the formulation of policy and the legislative process. The legislative process, that's the reason we have elected members of parliament. That is their responsibility. The governor's responsibility, uh, um, special powers, are limited and he should not be interfering with the local process. I agree with what Bilika said earlier that uh, where he outlined his responsibility. If the, if the governor wants to be involved, give the police the resources they need to stop the criminal activity from taking place, but let the local politicians through the legislative process and and not bully them into doing what the UK wants done about it. There are plenty of people in this country that feel very differently about how to handle gambling. Okay? And so that is why it should not be handed down as a decree from on high, but should uh, have a consultative process in which our local politicians deal with local matters. Amen. That, that is what needs to happen. I know that you never, you, you just admitted it, you'll never be able to stop criminals from doing what they want to do. They mm-hmm. will do it. And the only thing that is going to stop criminals or, or slow them down to a significant extent is enforcement. And that is the responsibility of the governor. Well, notice what, notice what Delica said to you. But listen now, right? how can you enforce legislation where the penalty is a $10 fine. I mean, what's the point I'm, of that? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that it should be $10, but that is mm-hmm. a separate issue from who is responsible for creating policy and legislation um, at the cabinet and the and the So the, the position then becomes, let me, let me understand this, right? Because again, the governor um, in charge of the police, national security, he gets information that perhaps not even the, the leader of this country gets. So the governor is sitting there hearing these guys say, well, we don't want to criminalize 
my grandmother who buys numbers, right? And the governor says to them, this isn't about your grandmother who buys numbers. This is about criminal enterprise in this country who has already infiltrated your country. And we have evidence from the police to prove that, right? That's what this is really all about. Forget your granny who's buying numbers. We are going after the big fish here. You don't think that if he's sitting there in cabinet that he should express those concerns? Because all of a sudden, if you express those concerns and you share that information, you are trying to influence MPs? No, 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 no. If you get in a PM contest with politicians about what they ought to do and not do, that's a different level from saying, well, here's how I think it should be done. What I would say to you is this. But how how do we know? How do we know what the governor said? Because cabinet meetings are um, closed meetings, right? Regardless of what the governor has actually said in cabinet, here's what I suggest to the governor and the commissioner of police. If you want to make a powerful point, if that is your position, go ahead, track down the criminals, arrest them, and then make the point, well, See, we've done the work. And then you're finding you're finding them at five ten dollar fine because the legislation isn't there. And and then the point will be made. (laughs) But but to overstep the boundaries. Denny, let me be very clear. We just had a big gambling case that just went to the courts and the people walked, Caymanians, by the way, Caymanian, Colombians, or whatever their connections are. They all walked. But even if they were convicted, the fine is like $25. You have wasted thousands of man hours putting a prosecution together, getting documents, getting witnesses, doing all this stuff to what end when your legislation does not support anything of, you know, I mean, they they end up walking in any event. So my point is maybe the UK and high level security agencies are looking at us and saying that we are not capable of dealing with this situation at all, because even when they do bring a case, they're not capable of winning the case because you have a jury sitting there and the jury does not understand the implications of what's happening in the world of gambling. And they're like, oh, they're just selling numbers. Let him go ahead. Everybody know he had number seller. You know how many people said that that man is their cousin? Everybody know he got millions of dollars and all these businesses he has is all from selling numbers. But they don't put it together that that is the very definition of money laundering. Taking proceeds from something that is illegal and buying your home, buying your mama home, building businesses, legitimate businesses, that is money laundering. I agree that's money laundering, but that doesn't change the fact that that the legislation on this domestic matter rests with the local MPs. Yes, but if the local MPs themselves... If the local MPs themselves, because of a lack of understanding or whatever, are not motivated. And I think what really upset Chris Saunders is that the governor said there have been concerns raised that some of these same people are funding politicians. So they will never do anything about it. Somebody made mention about the progressives government having 12 plus years to deal with this and they never did it. That is the point. The point is they're getting kickbacks from these same people. Somebody come hand you $50,000 for your campaign. You got curtailed. Where are they getting that money from? What does the public want done with gambling legislation? What's the consensus in the public? Maybe the real question is, because sometimes the public, again, for lack of information or moral compass in a particular direction, the public doesn't understand what needs to be done. 
There are times when you push forward legislation. Perfect example of that is race relations in the U.S. The federal government stepped in and said, listen, <clears throat> we don't care what the general public wants to do. We're going to make those three little black girls go into this school and get an education, and we're going to integrate and force integration. We're no longer going to have separate by equal. You think that that was a decision that the public wanted and that the public was in support of? The public was still in support of lynching black people? The public so was in so you would say You would say that you had um, a moral I think that sometimes uh, the courts... There, right? and elected officials have to do the right thing regardless of what the public wants. The public does the not always want the right thing. The constitutional position is that the <clears throat> MPs have the power to make Yes, and I am also aware... One, one second, one second, one second. So the, the right thing to do would be one out of two things. If you want to be uh, imperialistic, you just unilaterally change it so that you add to your special powers so that you can interfere in local legislation as well. Or you can follow the constitution that they wrote, their own words, and respect the fact that they gave local politicians the power and we have a debate in the public about what should happen in relation to the gambling legislation. Well, there are times when your local politicians are not prepared themselves to do the right thing. And just, I often just, argue that people just like, have um, politicians accountable. Yes, and sometimes the people are not ready to do the right thing either. But ju just like what happened the other day with the, um, the legislation about the DUI, right? All these MPs were not in favor of it, despite the fact that we're having people die left, right, and center on, on the streets of Cayman. You know why? Because they said, oh no, half the people in my constituency are a bunch of drunks and they like to drink and drive. So I, I, I'm not, I gotta lose votes. This is what they were legitimately saying. I'm gonna lose votes if I vote in favor of this. How can you talk about losing votes when people are losing their lives? You think the majority of the people in this country want to see the um, murders and stuff funded by uh, any type of illegal activity? If they want what? Say that again. Do you believe that the majority of the people in Cayman want to see the criminality that the RCIPS and the governor says is associated with gambling? Do you think the majority of the people want to see that criminality flourish? I think the majority of people have not even made the connection yet. And, and this is why I'm well, saying um, I think it's the responsibility of our political leaders. It's the responsibility of the National Security Council. It's the responsibility of the police to go out there and not be polite, be very crystal clear about how this is impacting and infiltrating and increasing criminal activity in this country. Do not mince your words. Now, I know they're going to say, you know, oh, um, they're working on, you know, because of, of they're working on different leads and maybe they don't want to give away. They want they don't want to tip their hand about how much they know. But sometimes you have to break it down to people because the average person doesn't understand. They just simply don't understand. And so somebody has an obligation to inform us. Well, I suggest that they share information with us instead of keeping us in the dark. I agree. Leave me there. 
All right, take care. All right, folks. So um, this is the latest in the Chris Saunders saga. It's very, very interesting. Um, Mr. Amelia, my apologies. I think you hung up. You can feel free to call back. We're about to end this segment of the show, but I don't want you guys to log off because the next part of the show is going to be amazing. Happy Cayman Islands Culture Day. So listen, um, what's coming next with Chris Saunders? He's not done. I told y'all already, this man is going to burn... Rome down to make a point. The ego is bigger than love of country. He would rather do what? Rule in hell than serve in heaven. Miss Romilia, buenos dias. Buenos dias, amor, como estas? Muy bien, muy bien, gracias. Está muy tranquilo hoy? Sí, 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 como no. Okay, okay, <laughs> pero sabes, te quiero mucho, pero la verdad va a hablar. Ah, ah, ah. Despacio, por favor. <laughs> I understood it all, but my brain is like, hold on, slow down. Okay. I love you very much. Yes. But the truth, you know I'm going to speak. See, 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 see. Como no. Okay. I would English, like to. Por favor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two things I would like to, to touch base on. The caller, I think you said it was Miss Darlene. No. I want to know from for my mind, for my my own self, if these number sellers mm-hmm. are aware of how the process of them being robbed. Mm-hmm. Now, look at it, China. Look at it. You got your friend, friend them up inside of your house with you while you're selling number. And your friend, friend is grudging you for the amount of money they see you got. Those same friends is who is telling the robbers exactly or setting up the robbery and to come pinpoint. Because in these rob, these people come and pinpoint on uh, on dot, you know. Mm-hmm. They're coming straight to the location, coming straight to the person and give me where you go. Give me your money. Give me every dime. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that it is their own friends, them who they mingle with, sit on and mingle with while they're selling these numbers, are setting them up and they sometimes. can't see that. Yeah, sometimes. They, I mean, the guy who got killed, the one who got shot in the head in West Bay and got killed in the balcony, um, those weren't his friends. But listen, who don't know who sell numbers in Cayman? I don't, I don't buy numbers. I'm not a person who has ever bought a number that I can recall. And I, I, I mean, that's pretty, I don't think I've ever bought a number in Cayman, right? I mean, like I said, in the States, I'll play lottery if I feel up to it, whatever. But I don't think I've ever bought, like, I don't know who to go to. I don't know any of that stuff. Um, I had a family member who used to buy numbers and I tell him my dreams and he was always winning money off my dreams, honey, chill. But, <laughs> but listen to me, despite that, who in Cayman don't know who sell numbers? It, it doesn't, t- it's not a, a national secret who's selling the numbers. Most people know. Thank you. And most people know. The commissioner know, himself. Most people know the who the big sellers. commissioner himself know. Listen, Mr. Amelia, most people know who the biggest sellers are in this country. They can tell you exactly where they live in Prospect. So you think right, Thank the you. real criminals not going to know that either? Thank you. Thank I, know, I agree. Court and still I off. agree. But then guess what? Why I am getting that, Sandy, they know the exact time to show up. They know the exact time and place where I mean with what when to show up when all of the money is collected in, in there. And how you think that robbers know that? They're my readers. No, ding, ding, I mean, no. listen, everybody know when to hit the numbers, man. Um the, when the bigger numbers play weekend. So you, you hit them on a Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday night night or Sunday, 
because chances are they're not even going to get to the mules to be able to get the money off the island. So I don't know. Well, and I don't think it's honey takes child, much of a, what um, I am hearing is not on the weekends. All during well, the week. Oh, yeah. All yeah, here in Windsor Park that you don't know nothing about yet. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, I hear that it be flowing like nobody's business. Yeah. And, and in fact, so, let me tell you what I've also heard is that there are some rogue police officers who are providing security for some of these number um, runners and stuff as well. The top, top guys have their own security. So you're not going to you the, the, you're not get to them too easy. You might get to some of the mid-level and lower level numbers, yeah. people. So, you know, they might, the they might be the ones walk around at $25,000, $30,000. When you get to the big, well, big money, that person has security left, right, and center around them. Mm-hmm. Well, honey, child, you have some of the police themselves buys the numbers. Well, of course, so... the buying of the numbers is the least of our worries with them. Because but I'm understanding officer, that some of them are involved the at a different level. <sighs> They need, to, they need to, to check out some of these barber shops, and all they're doing is opening a barber yep. shop to operate as a fronting operation Amen. for illegal numbers. Amen. And so when, when somebody true. asks the question or says um, to these MPs, well, since you see nothing wrong with it, this narrative that some of these people are funding your campaign, could there be any truth to that? That's when you can jump up and call the governor racist? Because he's asking a question that, in my opinion, is a legitimate question. How many of them getting funding from 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 gamblers and others involved in legal activity to fund their campaign? They'd be so desperate they'd take the money from anybody. But let me be very clear. Again, we have to understand several key things about this Chris Saunders saga. This is the the saga that keeps giving the scandal that keeps going on and on and on. Right, Chris Saunders did not resign. He did not resign. He lied about that. The reasons he initially gave, now he is through through the back end trying to come out with all these emails and this and that to try and change the narrative, right? And get the people on his side. To me, this isn't about the side of Chris Saunders. This is a side about right and wrong. You were fired, and this is one of the straws that caused you to be fired, but it was not the only one. Right? Mm-hmm. The the victims, men and women that you have left in your wake up in that government building, those civil servants, the civil servants that you have lied on, even in official decisions and official capacities where you tried to blame them for stuff that they had nothing to do with. Believe me when I tell you, yesterday I hear all of them up in government building cheering, silently cheering and listening to CMR saying, thank you, Miss Sandy. <laughs> That's what they were up in there doing, virtual cheering. Because they had had enough of you. So it's not any one thing, it's more than one thing. Lying in the dark organization about old people trying to bribe you. Making an ACC investigation be kicked off. If you, if you were such a, a paragon of virtue, sir, right? If somebody was trying to bribe you, why did you not provide the police? the anti-corruption unit with a statement and evidence of what you allege so that these people could be brought to justice. You know why you couldn't do it? Because you're a liar. You are a pathological liar who just happened to have got elected as a politician. And that is the bottom line in terms of what people need to understand. Don't let somebody give you smoke and mirrors and confuse you about what the real issues are here. Caller, thank you. 
Have a beautiful day. My honey child, mm -hmm. that was number one. Mm -hmm. Number two oh. is, oh gosh, I thought you were we finished. have, no, ma'am, we have, you got to understand, I mean, from my, from my point of view, this is me. I, there, there are two sides to a story. You understand? And we do have in English people, which I know is all a different nationality, but I am a, had experience with an English man who is high up in powers in the Cayman Islands, and that me and my team met with on numerous occasions, and we started to bring forth to that person issues of what um, two of his workers were doing, which were black. Oh, who was that? Oh, who did so such thing? And was furious. And when I tapped the, the 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 other employee who was also an Englishman, all hell and all break loose. You can't come in here and this and, and, and address this kind of thing and disrespect this kind of this. Oh my gosh. But when he was listening about to the two black one, the issues about the two black one, he went, he was into it. But when it coming on the white man, he went haywire. You understand? And with, with being all protective, I had to leave, leave that meeting. And I had to send him an email. Sir, if I said it in the wrong tone, I am so sorry. But what I said still stands. You understand? So I am aware that there are prejudices especially when it come in with these English people in high powers but in is, here in Cayman. But is that a prejudice based on race? Is that racism? Or is that just, so oh, you, maybe that person was my friend in the department, so I'm going to take out for them? If you are okay with the... Get, with, no, but with, I'm with saying, the, false, I'm saying the, the thing is you have to be careful when you call somebody racist that that is actually the cause of whatever... The accusations are because it could very well be something else. Honey child, it sounds and look racist to me. But based on what? I'm just hearing that you what you said is one person was black, one person was English like him. Maybe that was his friend. Maybe that's how he got the job in the first place. So he's taken out for his, his friend. Pet. It don't have nothing to do with black that, versus white. You you right. You right. That is his that not only his friend, that is his pet. What? His pet. You not, not gonna see that you not gonna take up for your pet, regardless of what color the pet is. No, fair is fair across the board. If I'm the boss, fair is fair well, across saying, the most, board. Most people can ride with their friends or ride with their colleagues or the people they grew up with or whatever. We hear that in the civil service all the time. Oh, this one taken out for this one. These two Caymanians. It's not a matter of race. It's just that I went to school with that person. I know that person. I trust that person. I'm going to take out for that person. It's It comes down to, you know, at a much more simple level than, than racism. But thank you, caller. You're welcome. All right, one more comment, and then we can get on some, to some exciting stuff. So um, this person says, good morning. Uh, the race card thing that Chris Saunders and Frank McField are trying to play should be recognized for what it is. It's nothing more than a political ploy to play in people's emotions to gain their sympathy and support. Mm. Caymanians better reject it before it takes hold and erupts into the divide that destroys this country. Uh-huh. Um, they're trying to make it seem like only white people in Cayman have success, but these successful black people, but there are successful black people living in Cayman too. And they try to make it seem like they're only poor black people living in Cayman, but 
There are poor um, white people too. Politicians need to stop this crap immediately. People have been, uh, Cayman, sorry, has been one of the few places in the world where black, white, Indian, Asian, English, American, African, Venezuelan, Colombian, Panamanian, Honduran, Mexican, Cuban, Russian, Canada, all get along. To have certain politicians trying to fuel animosity based on race is downright disturbing. Mm -hmm. They're using race and entitlement as a weapon to polarize people, to propel them to power, after which they will try to get rid of all semblance of good governance by severing ties with the UK so that they can have ultimate power. Then they will be able to sever contracts with those they don't like without having to answer to anyone. That uh, they are dangerous and those type of politicians need to be voted out of Cayman politics. And the person goes on to say, Sandra, you have Chris Saunders figured out. He's about independence and ultimate power and he's laying the foundation as you said. Good morning, caller. Last call of the day. Welcome to the program. Yeah, good morning, Sandra. It don't sound like Gambling is the big, big problem. It's all like money laundering. So if but that's associated with the gambling. He, if, yeah, but not only that, because there's 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 organized crime in that too, which which mm. do include gambling and drugs and all that kind of stuff, right? Oh, but yeah. what I'm saying, what is the what is the monetary authority? They, they can't catch anybody. Well, the monetary if this if they know, listen, it's not for the monetary authority this, this though. Do the paperwork. But yeah. what I'm saying, this should put what you call a SARS, a SARS reporting in, right? Which is a suspicious, a suspicious activity. Yeah. But who, report, who is right? doing that against they the numbers runners? To go to the police, and then the police, the police do the investigation. When you, when was the last time you ever heard? I've never heard in the, all the history that there's no that that anybody was found here money laundering. Not even Jeff. Not even not even Jeff Webb situation. They call him for irregular accounting. Mm. In one, uh, what, 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 what he mean, Blake there. They put him in not even for money laundering, for, for, for irregular accounting. That's like a down a downgrade from, from, from money laundering. So if money laundering is going on, let's catch the people. You mentioned someone had a got, got all kind of business here. The monetary authority knows that. The bike knows that. Mm -hmm. So why, why, why is that a SARS report being, being issued to the police so the police could do their investigation? Uh oh, oh gosh! Did I just hang up on that call? No, okay. Then blacklist, blacklist the country that where that money, where that money is being laundered. So if mm -hmm. it's laundering out of here, it it, it 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 coming from here. They had to change it into U.S. right? Or mm -hmm. they got they got U.S. through the black the, through the black market. So they still went and they declared it in another country. It came from Cayman. Scrutinize the person in the other country when they when they when they come back now to, to send the money, you you blacklist that country that is sending the money. It's too much money going on here to stop anything, you know? That's mm -hmm. that's the that's that's the thing. Agree with the governor. I agree with the governor. They should go up with the um, with the fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving the governor governor I'm not taking up for nobody mm -hmm. on either side. But I'm just looking at it at face at face value. I do believe that because that is a joke to fight all the thing, but if the ten dollar, the ten dollar fine thing, mm -hmm. but if you call it up to even say, even so, to 10, 10 fifteen thousand dollars, they can be less um, people. Let me just clarify can be this. Less people being arrested. Let me just clarify this. Someone says that SEMA cannot file a SARS report. A SARS report is filed by people in the financial sector, and what you have going on well, with this okay. money is the money is not going through the proper channels in the financial sector, so they can't go to the bank and deposit this money. 
because the bank is going to ask where is the money coming if from? They got business. Then I got business. The pe- I talking about the people that got business that laundering it. They talking yeah, about but, two different two, no, two no, different no, situations. But I think what's happening is they're actually doing a very good job um, laundering it. They have family members helping them and other people helping them. I mean, I don't well, think like, it's as it's, easy it's, to to prove when somebody is pretty sophisticated at laundering money, where the money is coming from. Because listen to me, they could go you to... Know, l- let, me, let me tell you how easy... You know what you're telling me now? You know what you're telling me now? That it's a big... That it's a lot, which off I do yeah. suspect it, it's a lot of players in the game, which is... Oh, that always, is organized always, crime. There's always, policemen, always. There's policemen, there's CBC people, there's all there's all kind of people people involved in it, as, as always, yeah. but you got... Think about it this way as well. If you're a citizen that has never been convicted of money laundering and the bank um, says, oh, we, we hear in the street that you're laundering money, you know what you could do to that bank? If I go to the bank and I say, I want to start up a business and I need a $100,000 loan and you know they do have other legitimate businesses, at what point do you even begin to see where the funds are being commingled or what's really happening? I mean, I think it's a lot more difficult the accountant, the accountant, the accountant got to be part of it too. The bankers got to be part of it too. The accountant, who does, who does the account, accountant? And you know, that's this brings me to something else. I want to say, if there was an income tax, that mm-hmm. would help with the money laundering too. That's what the government got to look at. You see, some kind of income tax report. People got scream and think. But if you got an income tax, mm-hmm. then it would be easier for to, to prove to prove money laundering and to and to keep track of the money. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But now you don't know how much money I make, how much money I go home, go go home with in my pocket a week. So if you if 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 there was some kind of tax tax to to, to determine that, that would make it make it a little bit easier. But that is a different a different Lord story. Have mercy. You know? That's a whole so different a story. Tip. All right, caller. <laughs> yeah, it's a tip for tax. Thank it's you. It's a tip for tax going on to with robberies and mm-hmm. it's a tip for tax because the bigger the bigger gamblers is taking out the smaller gamblers. So, so that only them could be on the on the ball field. So it's 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 a tick for tack thing going on too. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. Um, one final call. I saw somebody was trying to call in. Maybe we'll take one more call. Now, listen, this person, Nelson Mandela, said, "Our world is not divided by race, color, gender, or religion. Our world is divided into wise people and fools. And fools divide themselves by race, color, gender, or religion." Ooh, that Nelson Mandela was a smart man. You see him there. Ooh, yes, honey, child. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, indeed. That's quote of the day. Um, so listen, coming up next, we have a segment of K-Man Voices. I do not want a single one of you to log off. I must warn you, we did this this one on the beach, the outside. It is a little bit, um, there is a little bit of like wind noise, but bear with me because I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy this interview. I had such a fantastic time conducting uh, this interview. You know, we talk about somebody said, but we don't know Cayman history. The way to, to learn a lot of Cayman history is to simply sit down and listen. Look at this, look at this beautiful picture. Can y'all believe this picture was taken with an iPhone? And it's not even the latest iPhone. Isn't that gorgeous? That is a Caymanian right there for you. East Ender. Oh, so fascinating talking to Mr. Isaac Gerlo Rankin. He happens to be the father of Isaac Rankin, who's an MP for East End. But this was the most interesting interview. We had a good time. Honey Chad, I want y'all to sit back now. You got to relax because he had me trying to do uh, thatch roping. And let me tell you, it's hard. It's not as easy as it looks. 
I was trying to do a little piece for a little basket. Uh-huh. That was hard too. I absolutely love these Cayman Voices segments. I mean, I could sit down all day long talking to our elderly people because they have a wealth of information. When I tell you, you know, our history as a people, we need to understand where we came from in order to know where we are going. Okay? We didn't live it. He's 88 years old. Can you believe it? So please get uh, your cup of coffee, get more water, whatever it is you're drinking this morning, and enjoy this segment. And thank you to our sponsors who make it possible for us to continue to bring you this wonderful um, content. I hope that you enjoy it even half as much as I... Oh, one more caller. One more caller before we start this segment. Morning, caller. You're it for the day before we start our Cayman Voices segment. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to yeah. be it. You're, I don't want to be it. I know who I am. You're, you're, I do not do not need to assign to me a pronoun or anything else. Oh, Lord have it. mercy. I got to tease you. I got to pull your leg, oh, baby. Oh, no. No, I got to pull here, your leg, here baby. Here it is. Billy. <laughs> Billy, 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 Billy. How okay, are you? I heard I couldn't be better, darling. Good, it's good, good. It's a wonderful good. day in paradise. Absolutely. Um, earlier... I, I'm not sure where you are in the show. How many able to listen to it? Yeah, we at the end now of this segment. Right. Okay. I, earlier, I heard you talking the things in regards to gambling, mm-hmm. and the way gambling has become so entrenched in our society, the schools, the churches, service clubs, private individuals, special purpose gambling has been the way. We are also aware that we had a law on the book going back to when we were pound, shilling, and pence. And going way back, gambling was 10 pounds fine if you were arrested for anything to do with gambling, which included numbers. When we changed in 1971-72 from the Jamaican pound to the U.S to the dollar system and pegged it to the US dollar, pound, 10 pounds, every pound became two Cayman dollars. And that is how they arrived at the $20 fine. From back then, the discussion was, was based on the fine of $20, which started originally at 10 pounds. That is when people got paid for a reasonable job, when a pound was a pound, sterling as they call it, mm. pound sterling was equivalent. And it would be an interesting exercise to go back and see what was the value before inflation took place after the early 70s, when the U.S. came off the dollar, the um, gold standard under President Nixon. Um, and it would be interesting to find out if you compare that to today, what would have what would be the value of 10 pounds i asked some people and trying i don't have the inflation schedules for the last the original law i think was somewhere in the 19 early 1900s mm-hmm. and but it amounted to well over uh, i don't let me say let's find out and compare 
let, let me not even go there, right? Because it's not based on anything that I could defend in any way, shape, or form, just total hearsay. And I prefer not to mention it. But mm -hmm. put it this way, a pound back then was worth a lot because a pound of turtle meat, which I found some book where my grandmother owed for turtle meat, and I found a bill that was paid <clears throat> back in the 30s. And that was thruppence, three pennies, was for a pound of turtle meat back then in the 30s. So you can take it from there for what a pound of turtle meat is today. And it was taken with reasonable seriousness. And if you got caught with gambling, it was a serious enough wherever you were. But when you start to ignore laws, and this is the dangerousness of it, and the catastrophic effect it has on a society, because people only respect the laws that are enforced. Mm -hmm. And you have a breakdown in society, which we have here. As you know, our focus right now is to do with beaches. But when people are allowed, and the first case in court that we can find was 1966, when people started to infringe on the rights of people to go to the beach. But because the laws weren't enforced, developers who are not used to the culture do not understand the significance of the beach and the water, the Caymanians. Uh, well, a lot of native people and a lot of native cultures, in mm -hmm. islands generally, when they don't understand that, all they see a mangrove leaf is how much money can I make off it. They want to monetize every grain of sand and every mangrove leaf and every view and every ray of sunlight at mm -hmm. sunset to watch it. That's all they see is a dollar. They have no persons, individuals, everything moves to one side, nature, everything else. Mm -hmm. So what we have has occurred here in Cayman and whether it can be reset, I don't know, but we have become so corrupt to the core None of our politicians, not one, is really pushing vocally for number one, a development plan, because they make too much money off of giving permissions. You want something done, you got to talk to the big man, or he'll make anything happen for you. You think that big man wants a prescriptive plan where people can go and see what you need? You will get your car license, for instance. You got to have a windshield wiper's headlights, brakes, Tires have to be to a certain standard, whatever. You know where you are. When you want to get planning, it just depends who's going to get the contract for the favors, who's going to get the contract for the construction, who's going to get the paint job, who's going to get this, who's going to buy the furniture, where's the cement coming from, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. That is the way things operate here. We are foundationally corrupt society because we don't have any plans that is prescriptive to know where you are. Mm -hmm. And this is where the same thing has happened to gambling. They didn't want to touch certain people because certain people, they get them involved in the business so they can't open their mouth. There has been a case where one person was arrested some years ago. And when that person produced his red book, black book, blue book, white book, whatever it was, the names of people, that case went quietly away because it would get people from top to bottom in our society. 
And this criminality you see that's happening. Uh, you know, it's like Dudley Thompson said in Jamaica that if they had realized where the Jamaica society would go mm. with the gun crime, then they realized that when they were anxious, JLP versus PNP in the West End of Kingston, back in the 60s, when they wanted power, and when they brought in a few guns, they didn't realize where it would end up. They never thought it would touch them in Beverly Hills. And that is the same thing we have here. All right, you're gonna I have to people, leave me. You're gonna have to leave me there, Danny. Oh, I mean, okay. not Billy. Sorry. <laughs> so I'll, I'll wrap up. But this is where we are with with this issue, and we're going to do a referendum, and the government is not going to allow a proper education process. And I'll just say this: there's one country that one company, Lotomatica. You can look it up, out of Italy, which has an office in Delaware. They are going to control, and they do control. All of the lotteries in the Caribbean now, there used to be a couple more countries, but you're dealing with a monopolistic situation and worldwide they control all of the lotteries. And it's an Italian company. You know what Italy is associated with? Criminality. God bless you all. All right. Wake thanks. Up. Thanks very much. All right, folks, um, let's go ahead and switch gears here. Uh, please, like I said, sit back and enjoy this Cayman Voices segment. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Um, yeah, enjoy. Cayman Voices was a dream that I had for several years now. It's about taking the power of storytelling to embrace our own collective history as a people. Through our individual stories, we're able to see the common thread that binds us together as one. One person's personal journey has become our collective culture, heritage, and history. This series will show people from all walks of life sitting down with me as the host and going through their life journey. Sometimes there are unknown elements of their lives, but ultimately we're going to walk away having learned something new with every person that we sit down with. I guess I would explain it as an exploration of our story. I'm naturally curious about people and their lives. So Cayman Voices is exciting and allows me to capture this for everyone to enjoy. We are seeking out Caymanians, multi-generational, as well as some who have moved here to, you know, uproot their entire lives and to make this their home. This dream would not be possible without some sponsorship, and so I'd like to thank the DART organization for stepping up to the plate uh, to ensure that we're able to deliver regular monthly content for our viewers to enjoy. So sit back, kick up your feet, turn up the radio, relax, and listen to K-Man Voices. The University College of the Cayman Islands, the nation's premier provider of post-secondary education, is proud to support Cayman Voices, transforming the lives of Cayman residents. So we're here for another segment of Cayman Voices. I'm in the beautiful district of East End. I love driving out here because um, like today, it's just such a beautiful 
breezy day. It reminds you of, of what an island, um, what island life should be like. Fresh breeze right off the ocean. Oh my gosh, there's nothing like it in the world. So we're really, really um, delighted to be sitting down with Mr. Isaac Gerlo Rankin this afternoon. Um, Mr. Gerlo, I think most people call you that, yes? No, they call me Papa Gerlo. P Papa Gerlo. <laughs> yes, that works, that works. Yeah, I'm about to know. Me and my Papa Gerlo. Yeah, so tell us, um, what year were you born? I was born in October 1934. 1934. Wow. That's a long distance away. A long time ago. And I, I tell you, when I started to go to school, School level or something. Uh -huh. I went to school there for it till I quit. I had never had a pair of shoes. My first pair of shoes was when I get 18 years old. I went work. You there. never had a pair of shoes growing up? No, ma'am. Pair of shoes also. Wow. So tell me, um, you know, East End is is a small district, but to people who are from East End, there's different sections yes, yes, to East End. Yes. So what what part of East End were you born? I was born right. Up here behind the um, gas station there. Uh-huh. What is that area called? Eldred. Right now it's just uh, down in North Street. Yeah. Because so. I've, I've heard East End, East Enders talking about um, back road and all kind of stuff. Is there a front road and a back road? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, got a back road on a John McLean Drive. Yes. That's what they call the back road. But you yeah. were born right on the main road. Main road there. Yes. Okay. So I was happy to be here. And, and my parents them were so poor that they couldn't, you know, couldn't afford to pick up because sometimes when we go go to school, mm -hmm. see the string. Uh-huh. We had to sit down and and, and uh, twist this strand of this before we go. Wow. So we could come back and in the evening. Uh-huh. And help Lord to make this rope that so we could feed us. And we were so happy about that too. Yeah. So were you actually born in, in the house that you lived in? Yes. Because back in those days, it wasn't really too many options in terms of a hospital. No, no, no. We're born right here in East End. Right here in East End. Yeah. Uh, yeah tell us a little bit about your parents. Who were your parents? My parents were born L. Dixon. You know, mm -hmm. Dixon from East then okay he was a very good old man he used to do all this kind of thing yeah good turtling okay yeah, i don't think he'd been off the island to go anywhere else he never went anywhere else and your mom who was your mom my mom was like they were uh, ranking okay so it belongs to Tyndall ranking Wow. Okay. She had um, seven children. Seven children. Which number were you, sir? I must be um, this, this. I think I was the uh, sixth one. The sixth. Okay, so you're all, all the way down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> nice. Beautiful. And so you were born in East End. Your earliest I memories. I was the fifth, fifth one. You were the fifth one? Fifth. Okay. All right. What were some of your earliest childhood memories that you had? Well, my oldest child memories that we had really tough going to school, mm -hmm. come back. You had to help 
your parents do this, do that, and go, you know, whatever they ask to that, like the children of today, because mm. when they said, don't go there, you better stay home. Yes. Because even that you go, if you still there, go. And mm. somebody beat you, you can't go home to tell them that, you, that somebody beat you. Because they will beat you right away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But these days, you can't put your, you can't speak to them. Because yes. the government take over and put you in jail. It was a different time. Dif well different. Well and different. Take it back. Hard yeah. to know that our children, you cannot lick them if they do something wrong. Yeah. So, so you grew up then. Where was the school that you went to? Was it actually in East End? In East End, yeah. The, 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 we call it where the library is now. Oh, where the library is. That's what. That was the old schoolhouse. Yeah. Okay. So you started going to school there, but you never had shoes for 18 years. Never had shoes. Wow. So you just went went walking. Went walking, man. And I tell you, they were. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we didn't mind it because some of the kids had shoes, but not all either. Yeah. You know? So you didn't feel out of place in any way? No, 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 no. 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 It was all one people. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. So, um, did you, um, you're right here by the water. Did you do a lot of fishing? Oh, a lot of fishing. A lot oh, of fishing. Yes. Um, a lot, do a lot of that. Yes. I used to go along with my brother, Stanford. He was the oldest son. Mm-hmm. So, and we uh, come back fishing and if somebody come by two pound or three pound of fish, oh, that was a big, big day thing, you know them days? Right, right. Because they were pounds, chilling and things then. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and the shop was right there, the marriage shop, mm -hmm. right there, just behind where the restaurant, you know, that, that yellow, yes. yellow place right there? Yes, yes. Right there where the shop was. Okay. And Beautiful. the other shop was right here. Mm -hmm. Now only yeah. the shop. Okay. It's a strand and the rope then take it to them places uh -huh. and buy your little grocery. So they would take these ropes and stuff from you in exchange for groceries? Yes, ma'am. Beautiful. Wow. And, some and we got some ropes here, Mr. Um, Papa Gerolo. He's going to show us some of these things because he still makes them to this day. Oh, yeah, that's He's that. not forgotten do any of this stuff no no nothing. um it's just amazing so it was a little bit of a bartering system that you give them and yeah. what, what would they sell these for what would they do uh, 25 um sometimes you sell for two shows six pence uh-huh one 25 yeah and then people would use this for what hank winning now these are what they used to send to jamaica oh wow look yeah. at this folks this is so beautiful yeah, absolutely you. gorgeous very good. Very, and it's so it's very um sturdy. Yep. Oh, very. And then good. this platinum made from the same that's from. Mhm. Mm yeah. That's from here. So how, how did you learn to make all this stuff? Your brothers and sisters taught you, or? No, no. I keep watching people. Yeah. It took okay. different kind of platinum I got here. Okay. See, and this is from the thatch tree, of the course. Thatch palm, yeah. Yeah, the thatch thatch palm, yeah. So look at this, folks. I mean, this is real absolutely beautiful. Um, yep, and this one. Yeah, and this one. How do, how do you get the different colors <laughs> that, that, into the pattern? Because I, I, I reach out to different. That um, um, see like this one or. Uh, see that color. 
So go down your cat right out come the right one. Yeah. So you kinda use different thatch to then put in you pick out the colours. Yes. No, I pick see if I could make a, a basket I, I'll go and get one colour uh -huh. and get the next colour and mix them together. Uh -huh. So I get different colours. Right, right, right. It used to be beautiful for that. And I, and I, love, I, I started to go to the Mosquito Key when I was 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And the kids turned come back. Well, I used to get a little money then, but that was big money too, I tell you. Because them days, as I tell you, it was mm. a lot of money. I read from here. Yes. I used to walk from here, we stand on the outside. To look for my girlfriend. Wow, that was a good distance. Yeah, that must be loud too. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, how uh, long? How long would it take you to do that walk? Like, like uh, about three hours. Wow. Okay. I used to walk from when I get to crossroad. Mm -hmm. It take me one hour, ten minutes to walk on that side. I walk from here. We stand with fifty pounds of beef. On my back. Oh my gosh. The sell for a person and I come back and give me one shilling and six pence. For 50 pounds of beef. 60 pounds, 50 pounds of beef. Wow. That that's, was big money in them days, yeah. but I mean, he could have still given me more than that for 50 yeah, pounds of beef. Yeah, that's a lot of beef. A lot of beef. That's a lot of weight to walk with, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but, I mean, in, in those days, uh, things weren't easy. Weren't easy. Yeah. But things were cheaper, very cheap because yeah. of that. Of course, but, they, but, but you had to work hard. Work hard to get them. Mm -hmm. And I learned to, to do everything. Mm -hmm. I learned how to knit net through my dad. Yes. So he showed us and I used to watch him. And this is the hammock. Uh -huh. I, I do by myself. I never asked nobody to show me. Right. To show me. So you learn how to do hammocks and thatching and everything. Wow, look yeah. at that. Gorgeous. So, uh, so th th you could use something like this for fish net too, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, I am. Um, yes, I am. Um, I make uh, fish, fish net too. Yes, yeah. I make all of those things. I could definitely see how you that would see work. The um, hammock. And you just hook that up on your little porch then and you could have a nice nice enjoyable yeah beautiful how long does it take you to make something like this four to five hours four to five hours but cost of, of the, the body stuff that will cost I buy this and for me to get 40 for the two feet I got pay $60 with. Wow. So, because I buy the rope, the nylon rope, and I pick it up and then pull the strands out. Yes, okay. So, this is, um, see how wide that is? Oh, yeah. Anybody could lie down in that, I oh, would say. Oh, yes, ma'am. I make a lot of um, them. I, got, I made about, I think I got about four or five at home. That's them too, so. Yeah. So when when you were turtling, did you think to yourself, 
oh, I want to make that a career, or you just kind of did it for the short term? No, man, I did it just because I used to hear my brothers and them saying how good it was. Right. And we got on, on the um, natural sea. It's no, um, no home, no plan, nothing you see. Yes. That stayed away two months and, and, and better than come home. The man, you, the turtle people used to come and take our turtles mm -hmm. and take them to Key West. Oh. They come back and pick us up and take us home. Okay. That was a lot of. Wow. And then at some point you, you decided to go off to sea? Were you one of those people yes. that saw the opportunities yes. available? In 1954, they called me to go to sea. Mm -hmm. I went back there, I was 21 years with, 27 years with National Bulk. Wow. With one company, and I had 10 years with the other, and 12 with the other. So I know a lot of things. Tell me a little bit about the first place you went to when you went on the boat. First place I went to was in Mexico, Tijuana, Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like? That was very good place, but and then I had to go to Japan from there. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I liked Japan the first time I went there, but after that I didn't like it. Oh yeah? No, because the one dollar, and one American dollar, you get three hundred sixty yen for that. Oh wow! And I, I didn't know, but I went. I drawed a hundred, one hundred U.S. dollar. So oh, you that's a lot of money. What? Head against suitcase carrier. Oh my goodness! <laughs> man, I tell the captain if I knew I couldn't draw that man. Oh my! God, I didn't know better. And I had six, six trips to Japan. Six trips. Nine to Japan. trips to Japan. Nine. Nine. Mm -hmm. After that, it's like you can't think was too expensive, man. Mm -hmm. Not because the money was plenty for you, don't. No. Yeah. And the only place I like was Brazil. Brazil. I love Brazil. My all of all of the, all the places I've been. Mm -hmm. I've been all over the world. Other than Cayman, Brazil is your favorite. Oh, uh, oh Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Brazil. You enjoyed Brazil. Because like Cayman. Nowhere like Grand Cayman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah, I believe As it. As I tell you the. And the only thing wrong with Grand Cayman, the cost of living is so high. Yeah. It's changed a lot. It's changed, changed a lot, yeah. I tell you. Tell us a little bit about some of your experiences when you were off to sea. Um, what sort of things? I'm sure the first time you went away, it must have been different to see Mexico. Yes, it you was had different. people speaking a different language. A different, different language there. Yeah. And then, there was Vera. Very tough for us to understand what the people were saying because if we didn't know the language, you know. Yeah. Then we leave from there, went to Japan. I got in a, in a typhoon going there. Mm. I got oh. a typhoon three, three times wow. going to Japan. Oh, uh, my Lord. I five feet, feet um, seas fit 60 feet. I've been yeah. to Japan and took everything off the deck. Oh my gosh. The sea wash off everything now, break them off. Mm -mm. Nothing left on the deck. Wow. That's or quite a story. That, that, those are typhoons. Yes. And one time I leave from California, going to Japan, too, and the captain took one Japanese fellow kind of seasick mm -hmm. and tied him on the, on the ring of the bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, 
You wouldn't do that to, to, to hog her down. Mm -mm. So when they get to Japan, they couldn't come out of the boat. Mm. No, them fellas been showing me, I don't know what happened. Wow. And that was something because... Uh -uh. Yeah, but they should have done that. They should have locked him and didn't take it, didn't uh, over the key. Because you don't do people that kind of thing. A man, yeah. she's sick and she's sick. Yeah. So sometimes it was a little bit rough how they treated people then? Yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. rough, rough, rough. Mm -hmm. Tell you, as fella coming through that moon, I pass it come back down to, to um, Venezuela to come out uh, to United States. I think, oh Lord. Mm -hmm. Tell you that I see some, some nasty days. And I've been everything on the boat that could that could grab the sudden captain. <laughs> yeah. So what did you what did you start at doing? Mess boy. Yeah. Cleaning up. Cleaning up. Yeah. Then yeah. Uh, feeding the people. Mm-hmm. So then after that, I get OS. I said, go walk on the deck. I'd never see him. Okay. After that, I get AB. Mm-hmm. After that, I get Popman. Okay. Yeah, I had to go on. One time I had to go in the, in the um, gallery to help cook. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I went all around. You did everything. Yep. And did they give you opportunities to um, like get some certificates and do a little bit of schooling or you learned everything on the I job? I learned everything just watching people yeah. drink. Yeah. If, if you, um, when you go there, after a while you ask something, give you a change on the deck or whatever. Mm -hmm. Engine room, they would try you that you could handle, they would keep you. Yeah. So that was really good of them. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. nice. In New York, I've been, I don't know how many times I've been there. Countless times. <laughs> Countless times, and Miami was. <laughs> when I was sick there, I had for the same uh, trip from Grand Cayman to Miami. Wow. They give me five years to live in. Oh, what happened? I had a um, cancer in my throat. Okay. And wow. And I gone for this. I went nearly for forty-eight years. No saying that. Wow, what so a blessing! I thank, huh? thank you, Lord, for all of that, brother. Yeah, yeah, what a blessing that is. Yes, and I give my heart to the Lord from nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. Right there. Right Baptized there. Baptized right there. Beautiful. <laughs> nineteen ninety-nine. Uh, Absolutely beautiful. I, you, I changed my life a lot because mm -hmm. when I I used to get so much fight in the Cayman Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I didn't use to um, I didn't use to fight them. I just slap them. Oh, they drop down them and uh -huh. yeah, I don't, I don't strike nobody yet. Yeah, never. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there was really some some days. Can't you hear I'm telling you about the man that slap you? I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you never box them, you slap them? Slap them, slap them, slap them. See, oh my goodness. I used to hit them with a calf of my hand right there. On that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Air belt. Oh, yeah. And you got dropped. Oh, uh, yeah. That was it. Down, yes. down for the count. I know one time, Grant, see where that calf was going now? Uh -huh. I was one. Uh-huh. He called me. I was standing up in the bar there. And he called me. So must come here. He coming up from down the way. Yeah, he owe me ten dollars out. I thought it was that, you know. And when I get in strike me, he strike me down on the ground. Oh gosh. 
Say I must take that for water. That was about one of it. Uh-huh. And I stand up there, and he stand up there on me, on me. And a little while I get up, and he went and go slap wings. <laughs> and I slapped them, he tear down that man's face there. Uh-huh. And he ran up across and tell them that, well, man down here, crazy <laughs> man down here. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Another time I catch him right there by that church. Uh-huh. I put my arm around his head and kept on conk shell in my hand. I tried to knock on your eyes, but I couldn't, I was hitting me head all the time. Oh my gosh. Those are some rough days, you know, boy. You used to fight it out. Yes, ma'am, God, I remember he was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yes. But in those it, days, it, you just fight it and that yeah, was it. That was it, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, when, I, when I get home in 1906, in 1960. Mm-hmm. In 1960, I come home now from, from, uh, I don't know where it was, from uh, California, somewhere. Mm-hmm. to get off, and they fly to Jamaica now. First, to get a uh, plane to come. Came out, I couldn't get okay. no so thing came, man. That's when I met my wife. Okay. So you had to stay in Jamaica? I stayed in Jamaica for five days. Okay. And All right. I meet my wife there. Oh, come home and to marry one girl now. So my name is Reba. That was the girlfriend that you used to walk three hours for? Yeah. Okay, but you <laughs> met somebody in Jamaica. And that was it? That was it. Oh, my goodness. And wow. my, my aunt. Love at first sight then? Yeah. No, bro. My aunt introduced me to this, my wife there. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I see her when I went crazy for her. Oh, wow. But this one that I had in our side, she had a child. Oh, okay. And unknown to me, I didn't know she was pregnant. Oh, that was your child then? No, no, ma'am. Oh, that was somebody else? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she didn't tell you that little information? No, no, no. And mm. I met this girl, I came home. And we're going back to sea. Uh-huh. And, and you know, same six there. She ran away from home, came down here. Mm. Five my people should stay with them. Wow. In 1962, I came home, married her. Yes. Okay. 51 years. 51 years. Wow. That's a long is. time to stay with. Oh, yeah. Because somebody tell me some of them that stay 51 days now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, because some of them. Is, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't understand some of the people. But it's some of them here in Grand Cayman just don't just the emotion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's true. But it's rough. rough. Yeah, yeah. They be trying to trying to hoodwink people yeah. into marriage. So married member, cause I don't know. It's my wife that died nine years ago. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. And I had a lot of people come and marry me, but oh no. Uh-uh. No, it's, but I never married nobody up till now. Mm. But I, I tell, tell you one thing, I need someone. I stayed in house with my two sisters-in-law, daughter in law Yeah. So no. tell me then, how many children did you six. did you have? You had six children? I, yeah, I had six my wife and I had an outside girl. Okay. You might know Maria. Yeah. Here about her. She lived out of the road there. Mm-hmm. So you had six beautiful children. Yeah. yeah. Four boys and two girls. Mm-hmm. Three girls. 
And what were your what were some of your best memories then with your children? What was you were, you would see a lot still when you were having them? Uh, I yeah. Had, I was all of my children two years apart. It was oh. one. It was one. So is that because every two years you'd come home? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you'd come off the boat. Yes, well, because. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but. Yeah. There were really good days though because um, when I came home here in 1962, I married my, my wife. Uh -huh. Married a uh, library. Uh -huh. From mm -hmm. that would, then from my house there, I built a house right down behind here. Mm -hmm. uh, she built it for me. Then mm -hmm. I come keep putting on, putting on till get. Yes. So you'd work and send the money home. Oh yes. And then yeah. She took it and made a house. Yeah, beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Yeah. And you saw a lot of Caymanians on the boats because everybody seemed to work yes. for boat carriers. Yes, yes. Well, a lot of Caymanians, a lot of Japanese. Oh, my God. But Caymanians were the best. They said, tell us that. Yeah, the best seamen. Best seamen. Mm -hmm. So. Yes. And then what did you do when you, um, how many years in total you were on the, on the different boats? I was um, 21, 27 years with National Boat. Yes. You know, I was 10, uh, 10 years with a, I can't remember the name of them. You know, people from um, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all, all different nationals. I don't know them either. Mm-hmm. But I know I was on them um, 12 years old. Yes. I was chef cook on the one from Louisiana. Okay. I do a lot of cooking, baking. Okay. Oh yes, ma'am. Nice. I gotta go home this evening and bake two upside the pineapple. Oh, you're gonna bake today? Uh -huh. oh, okay. Two. So did you learn to, to bake and cook on the ships? On the ship, yeah. On the ships, very nice. Yeah. Okay, that's yes, beautiful. Yeah. So you're kind of semi-retired now? Oh yes, I'm retired now, just working on my own now. Yeah. My own boss. Oh yes, that's good. Yeah, because I had no wife, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're your own boss now. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah. tell me anything. Yeah. Show yeah. us a little bit of your work here. Um, yeah. This, I, think, I think this is so beautiful. This, this is on uh, my strand. This stuff keeps you pretty busy. Oh yes, ma'am, it do. I gotta keep pulling them up because I can't open them up. Mm -hmm. What is it that you enjoy about doing this still at your age? Uh, I don't know. I just enjoy it. I get up in the yeah. morning. I go to do this or do platinum or knit these. Mm -hmm. Before I get anything to eat. That's good. I like to be doing, doing something at all times. Yes. These people, man, I, I, I'm one of the best, maybe one of the best friends you got here in these because I try to help everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody because it don't help me. <coughs> mm -hmm. That's so amazing. Tell, tell us the technique then. And this is What's the, the secret behind getting it right? This is the, um, the, that's 
time and we cut them and let this especially the, the that time we get we lay these uh, make this these are uh, whoops up or and plotting uh -huh. and so we, we twist them make the rope this are the ropes yes it's the rope we made from the product, yeah from, from the uh, strand so mm -hmm. we are thankful for that too God, that feed me a lot. Beautiful. But when he got married in Belize, I went, went with him. Mm -hmm. I enjoy myself down there, Belize. <laughs> Ten days. They had a good time. Yes. Now him and his wife is separate. She, she was on the earth. You're very fast with it. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to see. Yeah, this I tried alone. The children how to do it, you know. But mm -hmm. I've been to every school in Cayman. Mm -hmm. And out of all the school, I got tell you this on the thing this way everybody can hear. Yes, sir. Uh, out of all the school I've been to. Just when it came out, came out prep school, the one right on, um, on Smith Road. Smith Road. Yeah. That the first one I opened, give me any money. Oh my God. Oh, when I've been to, I had to pay to, to go to them. Mm. That was ridiculous. I say I'm not doing the most for them because to the school because. Mm -hmm. I mean, give it me costs money to buy you little materials. Got, yeah, yeah. Give me bus here. Yeah, no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Are you still driving these days? I don't drive. No, no, I drive from 19, um, from 19, um, here. 19 hours, that long to drive in Louisiana. Oh, you learned to drive in Louisiana? Yes, okay. I come here and I drive three times. I said, I hang up my, my gloves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I said, people are too crazy. Oh. Man, I've never drive since. Wow. No, ma'am. Uh, can hey. I try that a little bit? Let me see. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, don't laugh at me because no, I've, no. Never, I've never done it before. So, no, but see, let me see now. You always push it down. In here. All right. And then you keep turning it. Following it. Following it. Uh-huh. You all let them in. You put them in. Yeah, them little short ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me see now. So you got you got hold, hold this it. you got hold hand. this good uh -huh. yeah <laughs> all right let's see if we can get <laughs> yeah you will get it mm-hmm you all like this though you see that you get all two you mm -hmm. gotta get all two the same color okay starting in it and so you just push that right in the middle in the middle there underneath 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 yeah some of them there yeah and then you yeah. hold it in and then twist it like this yeah I have strong hands for this. Yeah, yeah, just make it Keep color when you have it. 
so definitely keep your keep your hands strong. Oh yes, back to that. I'm I'm starting to get this twisted a little bit. Yeah, yeah you see what happened? Uh -huh. You turn it. Probably I'll leave it. I can fix that. Yeah, you're not making it up. I'll put something better for you. They make you just keep turning it over like this. Right. There's definitely an art form to it, that's for sure. Beautiful. No, no, just keep turning it over like that. Turn it over. Uh, yeah. Almost like that. Yeah. All the way over. All the way over. Oh. Then you won't get two pages. Just yeah. keep turning it over. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> now, how, how do you know it's time to add another piece? Oh, when, when you, you can feel it in your hand. You, you can, can feel put it. In. Yeah. Okay. I think I got that now. Or it might take me a little while to learn this. No, you will learn it. No, that's the day you are doing it to, to make the eat. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have no choice but to yeah. learn it then. Yeah, tell it a little more. Yeah. No, no, just hold this. Okay, just hold it like that. that. Stick that in. And then stick this. Stick it underneath the needle. Underneath. I don't want it. Come up. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look like it gone in. Then catch them and turn them over like that. Okay. Just keep back on turn right over. Uh huh. This is my first and time come, doing this. Come, <laughs> yeah, the, the, um, the first time, the first time I ever team guys. Yeah. I feel like this is a dying art form though because. Yeah, because not um, too many young people know how to do this. No, no, the see how want to have a school for this too. But they, yeah. I, I started getting a lot of people, but afterward they wouldn't um, they wouldn't go. I was charging one one twenty. Ten 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 dollars a piece, but Yeah, I mean it's good to learn. Yeah, my to keep, keep our history alive. Okay, I'm gonna fix it for you. That's alright. It just it just metal, but like Okay. Magnetic. Goes right back in there. All right, you want to show me how to do a little bit of this one? Oh, yes. This one looks interesting. Oh, gosh, I don't oh, know. Yeah, I'm not the best at planning. <laughs> but this Nobody looks... you want, you can do that very easy. The, oh, yeah? Oh, the other one is just high. Okay. Let me uh, kiss this one first. Yeah. Yes, this is beautiful. It's so amazing that one tree, you can do so much with. So much thing off with One this. palm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this now they could make belts from this? Yep, yep. Uh, what else they'd make from this? Hats. They make hats. Bags. Basket. Baskets, everything. Okay, make a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> so you put this inside the um, strand. Like that, the cat and over. Yep. Got lots of options here. I'm going to show. Okay. All right, I'll come in, I'll come in. All right, so Give folks, see this one. This is a beautiful. This one is pretty much done then. Oh, yeah, that finished. That one is done. That's beautiful. I go to the museum. Nice. 
I go to the museum uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, Monday. That's going to go to the museum on Monday? Yes. Okay. I mean, there's really no instruments that you use. Everything is handmade. Handmade, yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Absolutely beautiful. See, that's where you make the, your broom from. Okay. It's the straw. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you just cut that then. I wash your finger though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that's how you just shred it open like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, very nice. All right, folks, this is the first first time ever you're gonna see me plotting yeah. and batch roping. Yeah. <laughs> Mark it down in your calendar. It might not happen again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay, goodness. Let me see this one. Okay. So you add these in just like that as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. I want people to see. I'm going to bring the camera a little bit closer so people can really see what it is that you're doing there. This one. Come inside. Uh -huh. Plot. Go on the two. Uh -huh. And on the two. See? One. Two. One. Uh -huh. On to this one. One. This two. Looks, pick this up. looks kind of hard, I gotta admit. Yeah, but you, after a while, you get it. You get it, yeah. One. Every time you lift, pick up one, you got mm -hmm. to go on the two. Pick up one, mm -hmm. and you go on the two. Okay. Mm -hmm. One. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> I don't know what they, somebody know me. Yes. Hey! So you've never really lived, other than when you were on the boat, I guess, and traveling out to sea. The only place you've ever lived is East End. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I was in Westbrook for um, 12 years. Oh, you were in for 12 years. Yes, ma'am. Stay with Mr. Buddy Ebank. Right there, part of the, the, bank, the bank is right now. Mm-hmm. That's where I used to live. Oh, okay. But you came back to the beautiful district of East End. Yes, ma'am. When I went away, when I went to Turtle, when I leave that, I came back instead. Mm -hmm. When you got too much breeze, the car, the, the string will get in your way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very interesting how that's done, I tell you. You think this type of activity keeps your mind young? Oh yes, ma'am. Sure yeah. will. 
I don't remember nothing then when you, after this. Mm -hmm. You think all the time what, what you got to do with this. See how short that we're not going to put in a string in that now. Right, okay. Uh huh. She's short, but I can put a string in now. Okay. Put him under. Uh huh. Uh huh. Ah. Push him in there. He don't see. He don't see the hands of you. Come oh, back on that knee. just keep on. Ah, pick up the two. Look at that. Right look on. at that. That's so neat. Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. Pick up same one again and go right on it. Did your wife learn how to do this as well, or you were really the expert in the house? No, it was, um, she didn't learn how to do this. Oh, okay. She used to go work in the plantation, work uh -huh. on the quarries and all that. Oh, okay. And work in hotels. Yeah. Right. She was really. Uh-huh. Oh, she was beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Pretty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I tell him I didn't want to bother all glad of me. <laughs> <laughs> you put oh in the next goodness. one. Uh huh. Uh huh. So you push it, it'll come right underneath it down that one. Uh huh, uh huh. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow, look at you. Yeah, but you won't fool me, I know what to do. <laughs> yeah, see. I pick up two strings instead of one. Okay. Come back, pick up two. Uh -huh. Now I can put them in there. <laughs> uh -huh. so it, really, it really takes some skill though. That's not really yeah. easy. No, not not when um. And you don't know. When you're learning. Yeah. I've been it enough to get on there. Uh-huh. Take the next, the next one. Go on then again. Uh-huh. Yeah, the pattern's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it takes you some time from the picking of the thatch. Now, where do you find thatch? Yeah, where you go to get thatch off the trees these days? Yeah, all over. All over. They're yeah, not beside them. I sent some thatch to Westbay, the one woman from Westbay, uh -huh. yesterday. Oh, okay. She said I had more thatch down there because yeah. she sell not all the land and cut down the trees and things. Mm-hmm. But these tennis, oh, you can get them thatch. Especially you want thatch, you go down the outside road, the Queen Highway. Oh, Lord. Lots of thatch trees there. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Ah, beautiful. Nothing like this ocean breeze, boy, I was saying I earlier. I knew that. If Nothing I had one little um, hammock now and yeah. some coconut water, <laughs> some, Isaac said, make sure I get some good rundown. Yeah, boy. And I, uh, I do all, I do all I had to cook for gear you know gear ready? No. Down the road there. Okay. I cooked for him yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, Gary. Peanut. Peanut. Ah, you did some cooking for him? I cooked ribs for him yeah, there's two ribs. Oh, oh my god. He said that they're so good. But you know he I used to cook for him the I bake and I'll try to pineapple cake too. 
Yeah. I make biscuit cake. I make a sour oh, cake. Oh, you make, make biscuit cake? Listen, that is my favorite cake in the world. Would, would you make cake. one for me? I will. I tell you what. Would you show me how to do it? Oh, yeah. Oh, but we're going to have a part two to this then. Because <laughs> I want, I need to do one in the kitchen. Boy, that, no, that's something that making them is real good man oh my gosh i've always making, you know my aunt my aunt um if i make a biscuit cake for you you won't know oh my gosh listen you now believe in cassava? no i'm not that big on cassava cake no, to no. be honest i say you believe will be a cassava when i'm done oh but i, I love me a biscuit cake you know, i the said first that time. i give my daughter both the cat to share with her friends that is the best. And they tell us cassava cake. I carry one down to the um, museum there in the morning. They see the cassava cake. Oh no, that is biscuit. Yeah, I love a biscuit cake, boy. The first time I tasted that, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Yeah, well I tell you. You you know who my you know who my aunt is? Um, Adonia Topsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's married to my uncle Raymond, so. The first time I tasted it, she made it, and I was like, what is this? This <laughs> tastes so good. Yeah. That is the best cake. And you know, not too many, a lot of cake managers don't even know about biscuit cake. Uh, it seems to be a thing in, in, um, in East End. East End doesn't yeah. know about biscuit cake, boy. Yeah, they can make it. Very nice. You went down home? And you're not going to keep getting it, so I'm going to... Good evening. Hello. I'm happy I'm doing this here with this lady. Yeah. Back gorgeous. So her some things, yeah. That she don't know about. Oh no. That's <laughs> right. Show me. And trust me, a lot of people are gonna be looking at this finding this very interesting. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have an uneven piece you just cut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just get out of the Well, I tell you, that people, I can't give you the key so you can go there straight enough for me. So what, what's your favorite, um, well, we're going to do a separate segment with you in the kitchen, but what's your favorite thing to bake or cook? Oh, my favorite thing is cooking with fried pineapple. That's your favorite? Oh, wow. I got to make two this evening. Yeah. You make them for other people? Uh-huh. Okay. Very nice. Uh-huh. I made one yesterday for peanut. Wow. So I got I, I to put you on my little list then when I need something done. All right. Gorgeous. Look at that. Look at that, folks. You think you can do it? I got I to got try. I'm not too sure, boy. This let, kinda... let me put in the string. <laughs> Yeah, this look a little bit fancy. I gotta, I gotta do my best. Oh yeah, that's all I can promise. Your best is, your best is your. Yep, but I, I can see where it requires skill. It's not yep, so yep. easy. See. All right. You put that one under. Hold it, hold this. Hold this. Yeah. Hold it. How I got here. So I hold it with this hand. Yeah. And then like okay, this. Okay, you push this one underneath that one. Uh huh. Slap me behind this. Uh huh. I can put the foreign a little bit. Yeah, push that. Little. Kind of there. 
like that. A little more. A little more. A little more. A little more. Okay. okay. Then you bend this one under and bend. pick up one. Bend that under and bring this one over? Yeah. Pick up one, one, one string. And then bring it like no, this? No, no, no. Just leave that and bend it mm -hmm. and pick up this one string. Okay. Uh-huh. pick up. Just gotta pick up one string with this. Pick up one string. Pick up one string. Like this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then where this one going? On the two. On the two. Under two and then over one. Yeah. Then you catch that and hold that with that hand there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's how you got it. Gotta bend that. Yeah, bend it good. Mm-hmm. I gotta push that one in for the yeah, okay. Okay, keep, keep it open like this. See, look. Keep your hand open like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the next, you're going the next okay. side now. So, which one? This one, the first one. This one? Yeah. All the way over here? Yeah, bend, yeah. Oh. bend him. Bend him, bend him again. Bend him this way? Yeah. Oh. Bend him. No, see? Look. Bend him and come up. And oh, two, okay. two. Wow. Two, two. <laughs> It's not easy. What is it? When you know. <laughs> when you know. Wow. See one. Go on the two. Two. Mm -hmm. Okay. You put the string there. This is not straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you push him in. Push him in under that. Hey, bring him on there. Okay. Can't see the string, so you bend that. Pick up one, come on two. Mm -hmm. Pick up, take this one off. Pick up mm -hmm. one. Go down to two. You got two there again. Mm. Wow. That would take two. a long time for me to get it. I'm sure. This lot, one, lot of lot of practice. This one here, that one is. Lots of practice. Oh, this, no, really, that, that other one right there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, that's the hard one. This one's hard? This one. This one's harder? Yeah, yeah. So how many more? No, this one is easier for you. Oh. You know why? Because you got to pick up here one. See? One, two, three, four, five. See how that uh, look? Come back uh -huh. here. One, go down one, come up one, go down one, mm -hmm. and keep pulling the tight. Right. One, 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 one. Mm -hmm. It looks so pretty now. Yes. Okay. When you do that. Yeah. That one it was a little bit more of a complicated uh -huh. pattern. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the one I don't like. You like the hard one. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. <laughs> That's why you, how, how old are you, 80? 87, 88. 88, and the I brain's be, still going good because you like the hard one. I'll be, I'll be, keeps the brain. I'll be um, 89 October. In October, that keeps the brain working. One of my uh, good old friend died this morning. Oh, I heard about that. Randall. Mr. Randall Rankin. Uh -huh. So, you know, um, Papa Gerald, they have these fancy tests now where you can do, um, 
tells you who your family to ancestry test. So I did one. Yeah. And it showed up that me and Isaac are family. So I wonder how that come in. So I got I got to ask you to help me figure it out because you might know. All right, now let me tell you who on my father's on side yeah. was Urich Solomon. Did you know Mr. Urich? Urich, oh yeah. Okay. You, you know if your family to him? As I know of. Okay. Who the parent? Who the mother is? The mother is Pam, Pam Rocket, but she's a Barnes. She's a Barn. Yeah. So she'd be related to all the Barneses from town, all the um, Mac Fields, of course, they're all family. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where, but somehow I'm family to Rankins as the well. Rankin. Well, I don't know because MPs, I don't try to get into it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I reckon all Caymanians family somewhere. Yeah, everything is same family. Yeah. Yep. I feel that in them days you had a lot of women who were pregnant for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. You want a key? Yeah. Ah, this is beautiful. Look at that. Well, on on the, on the east side there, mm -hmm. you use this one. Yeah. And if you go on the west side, you use this one. Look at that, beautiful. Oh, okay. And and inside it, the door is, is um, the other one he lost, so he just opened yeah. it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you have some colorful string. Tell us about the, <laughs> the colors here. What he, what he does with that now? I make um, bracelets. Bracelets, beautiful. Let's see, let's see if you can pick one. Yeah. I, I got fat, fat wrist, but that's okay. <laughs> that's your size. That's let's perfect. If, let me see if I got it one little bigger. I can take one of these to my daughter because she loves anything with beautiful colors. This is your size. So like how you got this I can't neon. Fix it. I can fix this. Yeah. Like how you got neon colors now, she'd love that. Yeah. Well, we'll look to the leg and like this. Carrot to the schooler. One. Across. Six. Six pay. That's seven pay. It is. And I made our six pay. Uh-huh. And I had three little basket hammock and it took a year one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. So if people want you to make stuff from you can make it and then Oh yes, ma'am. You can I, I gotta make some nose look some look here. The hell. I love it. It's absolutely gorgeous. So you got your hammock, your thatch. Yeah, I got What are you going to use these to make? The, what's the final product? To make baskets. Yeah, do baskets with those. Yeah. Give me that. I got it right here in Los <laughs> And of course, folks, this beautiful rope, which is going to the museum on Monday, so y'all can see where the museum gets some of their items from. Yeah, I guess so. Papa Jarlow right here mm -hmm. making it, right here in East End. Good. <laughs> good and good. Look at that, I, I still too big. But that's 
okay. I don't like it tight, so that's yeah. all right. Okay. And yeah, that's tight. beautiful. That way I can slip it off and on too. Yeah. A tight boil, like mm -hmm. you want to, you just do it like this. Yeah, to loosen it, right. Mm -hmm. okay. And I can put a knot in when you do the same thing. Uh -huh. So I'm because they are very easy to come up. Mm -hmm. Did making those knots come in handy when you were at sea? I'm sure you, yes, ma'am. Sure you were using knots on yeah, the boat? like this. Nice. Should I cut these out or just leave it? Leave it like that. I kind of like it like that. Oh. Very beautiful. Thank you so this. much. Absolutely gorgeous. You can hold this a minute. Oh, yeah. What's this now that you're making? That's a bag. Oh. Like if you want a bag to go shopping. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, so you want, you want your, your daughter bigger than you? Sure. No, she's a little thing. She's only six. She is tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah. This is gorgeous. So you can show us a little bit about how you make these? Uh-huh. Look at this. I'll make one of them for the baby when, I, when I'm done. Okay. This is nice. Okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta join us to keep it tight for me. Okay. Keep it tight. See, I'm finished now, so I can put them together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, some kind of how this is just very similar to knitting. Yeah, this is yeah. knitting. Yeah. This is knitting now. See? Right. Yes. How that was going to be. I have a head tied in the gun. Pick up. That's what we need picked up. Look at that, folks. Isn't that gorgeous? Sure, I sure know how, how much how I do it. There's a degree of precision for Put this that over. Uh-huh. Pick up one 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 strand. Yeah, that, that one is you come work for me on a mirror Saturday. Okay. That you gotta hop around the house. Yeah. Yeah, because you know my house. I um, I had to get up in. I got two women there. Keep it tight. Okay. I, and I had to get up in the morning to wash up all the other things, brush the house, mop the house, go and uh, go and wash my clothes. Oh my gosh, you still doing all that? Yeah. Oh yes, man. Oh, that yeah. keeps it. That keeps it young. That keeps it young. No, but not in that. You're gonna tell me that you you inside. How did you can't say, Well, uh, uh, Papa Joe, you want me to do something for you or something? Yeah. 
But you know what? Nothing like being independent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now keep that tight in my wallet. Okay. Show you how I we'll, Keep it nice how, and tight. How I we'll do. Yeah. Is that got us right now? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll pick up to it. No, you won't. Get out of here, that, that, that end of that line. So let me get rid of that now. I guess you've seen a lot of changes over the years in East End. Oh, yes, ma'am. I tell you, I tell you that this, this, this thing here we call East End, man, the, the people up here. I hope me you get out of the same crap fairly down. They're going to say I got girlfriend now. <laughs> yeah. They love to chat. Love to chat, man. But you know that, you know that, that came out in general. They're not just these men. No? Yeah. No, Uncle Lord. <laughs> no, man. That's all over the place. I'm a George Shannon. They know I love to talk more than them. I'll tell you that I, that I tell you that I, these is 10 people something else. Man. Yeah. That, that's, that's part of who we are. <laughs> yeah. You gotta take the good with the bad. Uh -huh. Yep. You know what my little newspaper's called? Came on Mar Road. Well, you know how the Mar Road go around? Oh, gracious God. She came up one time at Isaac when he first got in. But that is me. Huh? That is me. Oh, you didn't really? recognize me? No. Yeah. <laughs> we, we move past that now. Okay. He did the right thing. Yeah. We move past that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know you. Yeah, you didn't realize that was me, not mm -hmm. That's me. But we don't hold but, we don't hold no grudges. No, no. But, we just wanted him to do the right thing. Can, um, but these, but she and my tiger, they try to get him up, you know. Yeah, but you know, we we gonna talk about that later. Oh. <laughs> we gonna talk about that off off camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Remember, yeah, we yeah. still we still on camera now. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, we gonna talk about that later. You know, worry yourself. And uh, did you see how that, see that knot? Uh-huh. Well, put that. And you just keep going no, like that. No, no, I make this, that two knots I make. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I took I time, see. I do that. And that got, that got tie off that piece then. And I got, no, but that, no, I'm telling you, instead of make one knot, I make uh -huh. two. Okay. That is just the same now. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's people I don't understand them. Yeah. They grew up here in this in this world and try to make it people not and try to cut your throat. Oh boy. Yeah, you just gotta be positive. Like I said, keep moving. Oh yeah, I'd rather do that. 
Yeah, you keep your brain busy with this and bacon. <laughs> and bacon, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of bacon, man. Yeah, that's nice. And, and you know, I, I charge you for them, but some people don't want to pay. Oh, I'll pay for them. No, no, I can't. No, I'm talking about you. No, 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 I know, but listen, I got to be ordering some. Not that I don't, I am, I'm on a diet now, so I can be eating it, but. Yeah, but. When I go to low functions and stuff, I love to take. Take something. Yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when I have something by the house, I like to have stuff I, for people. I gotta go to the uh, government place on the 24th uh-huh. to do this kind of something. Keep it there. Oh, because it's culture day. Oh. I think I think that's culture day coming up again, I believe. And then, and then by might. the government building? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I saw you last year doing this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I might do the same thing. Yeah. So I keep it tight. I was there, um, I saw you met the governor recently, Yeah, ago. the chef. Yeah, he put you up on Facebook. Yeah, somebody told me. Yeah, yeah, I saw you. Yeah, I gave him a chef to blow, he said, he said, he allowed me to drum, I said, well, I want a lot of blow the chef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was laughing. Mm. I found him nice solo, though, so. Oh, yeah. He'll be missed by a lot yes. of people when yeah. he's gone. You never know how good a person is you go on. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful. I pick up the wrong I pick up the wrong one. Well folks, look at that. Isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> Papa Gerardo, you spent so much time with us this afternoon. We appreciate it. Yes, I thank this you was, too for this is beautiful. Um yeah. folks. Um, just a little bit of speaking with him, but we, we are going to visit him some more because I want to see him working in the kitchen. Because <laughs> it's not often you can see a man working with his hands like this and in the kitchen at the same time. So yeah, I need to taste some of that good food for myself. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you got to make me some biscuit cake and what else we going to put on the menu? Anything else you want? Yeah, okay. We have I to cook, think about I cook, that. I cook beef too. Yeah, I love that. But I want I want something that I don't get all the time, like some rundown or something. Yeah. Wilkes or something. Wilkes are uh about um conk. Yeah, I love conk too. You can show me that. Yeah, I like Lots of dishes I want to learn how to make. And I'm sure a lot of her uh, See, I don't like to grind the ropes. That's a lot of work. I cut them up. Oh you cut them up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, more work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would, well, I know people love to eat. You see, when, uh, when you cut them up, you still got a taste in them, but when you grind it, they'll go all the taste of them. Okay. Because it'd be too fine when you grind it up. Oh, man. That's, that's good for, that good for old people. <laughs> Who do I go eat? <laughs> <laughs> We're not in that age yet. No, man. You're still them, young. You're still I, young. I tell them, I don't worry about them, man, because... I'm just a young some some look at that boy I got it, my son. Brian, oh my god. Can't do anything with him. And that boy is fifty yards, you know. Mm-hmm. I say now I'm gonna I'm just dying to go on that talk show. To oh, get them gosh. people to to um, put on the talk show that 
if they don't stop selling drugs, I'm going to report them because oh. I know everyone that, that's selling it. Yeah, it's a, it's a problem, trust me. It's, I, I fancy in some ways it looks like you're getting worse. I it mean, is, it is. Cayman Brock, West Bay, no, you know Georgetown. You know for the agriculture show? <laughs> no, man, I'm busy here working today. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I, I think maybe next year I'll go because it's yeah. nice to see what a sister island does. Yeah, it, it is. do things a little bit differently. Yeah, and then more, it's more expensive too.
Macaroni and cheese 